The 80s are back. That's right. From this year's Prado event, there was the 80s throwback show. On this episode, I've got Aaron Cahan. Aaron Cahan's got that red and white 67 bug with the scallops on it that he's had for over 30 years. We're going to talk about that car, how that car stayed hidden under wraps for over 30 years, what it took to get it back on the road to bring it out to El Prado. Also, you may be familiar with him from Burbank Choppers. He's also one of the members of Burbank Choppers, and he's in the whole hot rod scene, so we get a little bit into that. By the time you're hearing this, I'm on my way to Salt Lake City, going to the Utah VW Classic. So if you guys are going to be out in Salt Lake City area, come by that car show. It's going to be Riverton in Salt Lake City. Come by, check us out, say what's up, support the podcast, buy a t-shirt, buy a sticker pack, or just come by and say hi and tell us how much you enjoy the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, you can go on our website, go to the store. You can buy some merch there. Also, this week when I'm going up there, I'm going to be taking a trailer with me. I'm taking this pretty cool trailer. They're called Stack Light Trailers. S-T-A-C-K-L-I-T-E trailers.com stacklighttrailers.com it's about a 22 foot trailer that you can stack two cars on check it out there'll be some pictures on my Instagram and there'll also be a little bit of video coming up so I'm hauling up there one car I'm coming back with two bringing my buddy's bus back so we'll see how that goes but uh, it's a pretty cool trailer so check it out guys if you guys are into thinking of how you're going to get two of your cars to one event and you don't want to buy a 40 foot trailer so it's pretty cool so shout out to my buddy Scott Man with Renegade Hybrids. He's the guy that designed that trailer. So don't forget to go check out stacklighttrailers.com. So without any further ado, let's get into the 80s, find out what happened with this car, where it, where it was, where it went, and what it's up to now. Enjoy. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. All right, everybody. So today on the podcast, we've got Aaron and Aaron had that uh, scalloped red and white bug that was at the uh, Prado event this year. And when I ran into him over there, we talked for a few minutes and I said, uh, I'd like to get him on the podcast and just ask a bunch of questions about what kind of guy builds a car 25 years ago, 30 years ago and keeps it still has it today and then gets to debut it. And you're going to get a lot of feedback on on his experience there. And so today on the podcast, we've got Aaron, Aaron Cahan out of Burbank, California. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Hey, cool, so, man. so Aaron, you had a chance to listen to some of the, some of the podcasts that we do. And one of the first questions that we ask all the time is what is your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Yeah. So basically my mom, my mom has a, a 1961 356 uh, Porsche that she's had since 1964. So that thing, that was her, her daily driver. And, Around um, probably like about the time I was like 15, 14, 15, she, we, she drove it every day still. And it started to get parts stolen off it. And she was getting pissed because she would only put on German parts. Like yeah. she, she would buy nice hubcaps, put them on. And then probably VW guys were probably stealing those hubcaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so then she thought, she's like, I got to get a different car to drive every day. So I don't remember the exact thing that happened, but basically uh, – my my uh my my stepdad's uh brother-in-law had this white bug that was out in the barstow that they drove around i guess it was like one of their uh i don't know if they drove it into victorville where they worked or what but anyway it yeah. came up for sales so my mom got that thing 
And then it when it when she got it is white like original white paint and it had uh but it had big big uh like doom buggy style wheels on it and tires it was, like it was like not barstow it style. wasn't like yeah it wasn't like a full baja bug but it, right actually looking back they were pretty cool like um they weren't they weren't like the pep boys looking wheels they were like some kind of aftermarket pretty cool white wheels yeah. and it had like i remember it had raised white letter uh uh, tires and it had like video gauges. He had done like a bunch of stuff to it, but it, anyway, my mom got it and immediately she put on stock wheels. Um, and it's a 67 and I don't know if she planned it or what, but it was cool. Cause she put on earlier style wheels, which I like better anyway. Uh, you know, just the stock, like with the, the smooth wheels. Sure. Sure. Not the like slotted. a 65. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, my mom drove that for a while and then they got a, a Subaru, like an 82, Subaru wagon and uh so I was you know getting close to getting my driver's license and my grandparents said hey um you know we want to get you a car but it's got to be this amount of money but actually um we're going to get rid of our Audi four-door or we were talking to your mom and you know if you're interested in the Volkswagen bug um you know we would give her twelve hundred dollars or whatever it was for for that Really? So I was like, so I was like, uh, yeah, I'll take the bug. You know, yeah. I don't want a four door Audi. No. And uh, <laughs> so, um, and I don't remember exactly when I started reading the VW magazines, but either right when I got the car or before, you know, I, I subscribed to Hot VWs, and then I don't remember when if VW Trends was out then or not. But you know, I had a subscription to both of them. And at this time, you're, and, are you living in Burbank or LA area at this time, or where uh, do you live at this time? No, I grew up in Northridge, California. Okay, about so you, half an hour, now, half an hour from here, San Fernando Valley. Yeah, so you're living in the valley, and so yeah, what this is uh eighty five, eighty six. No, it's like probably eighty two, eighty three. So eighty two, eighty three. So the the Cal look VW craze has been going for a while, and yeah, but, yeah and I'd see him driving on the street. You know, there was there was enough of them on the street where you would, um, even when I first started driving my car, you know, I'd wave at people all the time. I mean, at least like three or four a day, you know, yeah. cruising that opposite side of the street. So, and, and so anyway, and then I got the car and I learned how to drive on the car too. That was like the same car. Um, and yeah. And then right before I got it, I mean, before it came mine, um, I was at, we were at a Winchell's donut shop and my mom was sitting in the, uh, she went in to get donuts and I was sitting in the car and I just watched somebody like back into us, you know? Right. And I was like, Oh yeah. So the car got crunched in the front. So then, because I think partially because of that, my grandparents were like, well, my grandfather knew a guy that, you know, did body work and stuff for his trucks and his business. So he said, you know, I'll give you if I think the guy will do like, you know, fix the dents and he'll paint it for and do the interior for like 500 bucks or something, which seemed ridiculous even then. Sure. You know? So I'm like, all right. You know, so I went down there and I picked out um, a color and. It was like, I, it might even, I don't know if it's a Mustang color or what, but it's like called like poppy red, but mm -hmm. it's more like an orange color. Yeah. So, so by the time, by the time I had my license, it was orange and it was like the wheels were painted to match, but it was stock height and, uh, the interior was done. But of course, like the guy, you know, it was pretty crappy that the, the paint was shiny, but you know, they painted over the fender beating. They didn't really fix the dent in front. <laughs> I think you I know, know so, that. I think so, I know that painter. Yeah. Yeah. So the bumper was crooked, you know, and it bug, you know, as soon as I got back, it bugged me. And then, um, I didn't really have any friends that were into bugs yet or anything or Volkswagen. So 
my my mom um, and my stepdad, we went all over the place, like to like the swap meets and like inner shows. There was mm-hmm. these, those shows called inner shows, yeah. and we went even out to like San Bernardino and I don't know whatever. Like there was like a car show and a swap meet type of thing, and um, you know I started getting more and more into it, and uh, I, I you know I really wanted to lower it like right off, but my mom, even though she's totally into cars, they were like totally didn't want me to to lower it. We don't want you to so be for, one of those street thugs. Yeah. So for a while it wasn't lowered. It was just, it was like stock height, you know, but then I, I first, I think I first took off the, uh, overriders and that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, I, I put the, um, the backup lights, I put them instead of on top of the bumper below the bumper. Yeah. Um, and you know, started doing that. And then what, what really was like a pivotal moment in it, in the car was, uh, my, I started driving to high school and there was a couple other bugs there and a couple like muscle cars. Like, you know, back then it was weird because I, I think we talked about this, like the, like muscle car guys and Volkswagen guys weren't like, you know, they didn't like, not necessarily hate each other, but they just didn't want anything to do with the Volkswagen. It was like the jocks and the punkers. Yeah. They thought uh, Volkswagens were totally lame, you know? And then, but to me, like the muscle cars, then, even though I was into American hot rods and stuff, they were more like like Stoner Hesher guys. Novas. Like everybody that, yeah, that everyone that had, uh, uh, not everybody, but like, you know, there was a guy in my woodshop class, I remember, and he was building a, um, either a Nova or a Chevelle. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was a Chevelle, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a, I, was tell, so, I said that to somebody the other day. I, said, we were having, I was having a conversation with my buddy, and he's listening to some music. I'm like, well, that's like Stoner music. He's like, what's Stoner music? I'm yeah. like, Stoner music? It's like the dude driving a jacked up Nova. His name's Eddie, hair super long, and he's got rock and yeah. roll, like like radio stickers on the back window. But yeah, totally. No- <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. the Stoners, and then there was like the skaters and the BMX guys and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So yeah, so I'm a, I was a skater too since I've, since like 75 or since I was like nine years old. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, there was a car that in the parking lot that it was red, I think it was red, you know, and it was, it was early bug and it was like had primer spots on it. And like one day it just showed up and it was like completely on the ground, you know, and that was like the main thing back then for me, it was like, like the car's gotta be low, you know? Um, so, you know, and then like, I don't remember if it got painted before that, but, oh, you know what? I think it did. So this kid, then I went to the bug in 31 and I saw that car there and it was painted. I don't know if you guys had um, magic muffler out where you were, but there was like three muffler shops in the LA area, mainly the Valley. And they had a really cool sign with like a genie on it. And it was like a light purple, like a really pale purple. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, they had been, the the place still looked like it was like from the fifties or whatever, but and then, now later on, I found out like they had like um, drag cars that were painted like that, you know, back in the '60s. Yeah, like the same color. So anyway, this car was there and it um, super low, and it, the guy had painted it like I don't know if he did it on purpose or what, but it was like the exact same color as this muffler shop, like a light purple, like like chalky white purple. Yeah, and it had uh, and it had uh, moon disc on it, and yeah. I was like, man, that that's killer. Like no, there wasn't any other car like that that had moon disc or you know. Um, cause you know, the graphics thing was a big rage, you know, like in the heartbeat, uh, window graphic oh, things yeah. and the beat grooves you know, on the back window. Yeah. People know you had some yeah. subwoofers in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, and, and I liked all that stuff to a degree, but it still was like, not, it didn't, you know, like, I don't know. But when I saw that thing painted like that, I was like in person, I was like, wow, that's cool. 
and it was just weird that it was from my school, you know. Yeah, it was a pretty far ride for back then. You know, it was like an hour and a half or whatever from Northridge to to Orange County Raceway. You know? Yeah. Um, but you see this bug, so, you see this bug, and, and and it strikes you, and then you kind of think like, well, I've got a bug, and I can make it look like like that bug's now just. So when you find that car that inspires you, so like that's the car that for you, you were like, okay, that's it, no more jacking yeah. around. Like I'm gonna build this bug. Yeah. So then when. Uh, I it probably was the exact same, same time or whatever. There was a, there's a chopped orange bug with a Carson top with five spoke empties on the cover of, um, I don't know if it was a, uh, quarterly magazine, but it was like uh, Volkswagen, uh, classics or something. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, like, you know, the, the car, you know, I read the article and it said that the car was, it was from my area basically. So I knew that, but I was driving home from, uh, so, you know, by this time I was driving the car to, to, school every day and I went home from school a different way and I, I came up and then all of a sudden I saw that car on the lawn and uh, uh, a 40s style custom car that was a it was maroon or it was primer I don't remember with a Carson top and they both had Carson tops you know mm-hmm. and there was also like a 32 Ford five window coupe that was being built there and I was like I cannot believe like that just blew my mind that that car that I'm seeing it and that, that was like the that, that was like my favorite car at the time. So I, you know, I was like nervous because they looked a little bit older or whatever. So I drove by and then I continued probably for a couple of weeks. I would drive by once a day, you know, and now you just go stopped. by that, that, that location. Like, oh, I know my yeah. way home now. Yeah. So then, um, there was a guy named Scott Miller that lived in, uh, that I had kind of known since grade school, but he was a couple, three years older. And he had a bug that I didn't realize was his until, I came upon him like, oh, wow, he lived like a few blocks from me. And he was driving a, a silver bug, like grayish silver, and it had flames and it had moon discs on it. So I'm like, man, that's crazy. You have this car. And you know, we started talking. And I'm like, man, I want to lower my car. Uh, you know, and he's like, oh, well, this guy, Scott Gildner, lowered mine. You know, and he lives right up the street. He has that orange bug with the, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like all these people like know each other and we're like within like a, you know, half mile or less yeah. radius, you know? So, but then, but then Scott Miller said, we, he went up there and he introduced me to them, to, to Scott Gilner and the, the other guy that was living there, who was a, a an older jazz music, musician named John. And, um, so anyway, long story short, we, I went up there and I met him. And then, but then when, after we met him, I went back to Scott Miller's house, which is like three blocks away. And he's like, you know what, you know, if you want, I'll, I've been like lowering some of my friends' cars. I'll, I'll lower your car if you want, you know, just, I'm like, well, how much you want? He's like, no, I'll just do it. You know? So I, I whatever many days later or whatever, I went there and, um, I don't know if it's because it was a 67 or what, but you know, the suspension, I guess would be here. But so he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'll pull out all the, we'll pull out all the small leaves out of the front end. Right. And, you know, and then, and, you know, we adjusted the back, you know, a little bit down but then when we put it back on the ground, it like, it wasn't that low, you know, I'm like, what the hell, you know, it's yeah. like, but, but he's like, well, you know, I mean, it was, but in the car, I think maybe also because it had been in the desert or whatever, it was hard to get apart. So he was like totally worn out, you know? So we, so anyway, that it was the like, car was like, like that. that's as low as it is. He's like, I'm done with it, dude. That's what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So he's like, well, maybe we could like revisit this or whatever in a while. <laughs> right. Um, so then, 
from that point on, then I went to a few shows with him. Like we went, there was like a, I don't remember, I think it was called Bug Jam or something. It was at Glen Helen Regional Park. Yeah. Um, like where the US Festival was. Um, probably dating myself with that, but yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we I drove around with him a bunch and stuff, and he had like he had sold that other car, and then he got like a uh, a later model bug that was a, but it was like blue, nice paint, like real low, like probably a sixty-eight or seventy. Um, so within a few months or whatever, I, I actually it wasn't until it was like when I graduated, like right around that time, I I uh, talked to Scott about. Scott Gildner, not Miller, about right. like, hey, will you do my car? You know, or how much would it be? Yeah. You know, and I'm expecting him, I'm expecting him to say like, you know, it'll take two years and it'll be, uh, you know, thousands of dollars. You know, so he says, he's, he's like, oh no, it'll, I, I do like, you know, we could do the whole car, paint it, and whatever. It'll be like, I don't, know, I think it was like twenty four hundred or, I don't remember. It was under twenty five hundred bucks. Right, affordable. And all, and, yeah, and and he's like, well, you know, I'll do it like in you know, three weeks or something. Wow. I'm like, wow, crazy, crazy, you know? So, yeah. so then, um, I, uh, we started doing that and I worked there like during, like when I wasn't at school, kind of like working off the, working off the um, debt, the debt. Yeah. And so Scott so, had a, Scott had a shop back then. Yeah. It was called TNS auto body. And, uh, by the time I had got there, his, his brother left, but it was tab and Scott Gildner. And, uh, you know, so it was all, so the, the thing that was cool was he ended up his his family is total hot rod family and custom car family, so that's why our cars I think looked the way they did. Um, so when we were doing, you know, I, so I my, the whole idea with my car was I wanted it to be I didn't want it to to pretend to be like a hot rod or a custom, but I wanted it to be influenced by that, you know, mainly yeah. like what was early style hot rodding. But at the time, there's still like I have a billet mirror on it, and I have like billet bug it just started out before like i've all real billet bug stuff on my car like before it before they um got ripped off in china or whatever yeah. like the dash and um so you know i had that and i had the car the first version of the car it was orange and real low and it had center line uh fake center line wheels on it with center caps mm -hmm. and um that, that i guess i missed that part of it but that, it was like that for like a year and a half so um, good. I mean, like, a, like all of us, it goes through the stages of like we buy it and then we, we're starting to figure out our vision as we have it. And then we yeah. finally get, the, you know, I think everybody has that first car that gets maybe two or three iterations where the first thing you're like, all right, I'm pretty, I'm a custom guy because I just flipped my reverse lights. And then two years later, you're like, I can't believe I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the those kinds of things, like where you look like, man, I thought that was a lot of work, but like now look at what I've done with this car. Yeah. So, so now you get the yeah, car. So over there to Scott. And then, yeah. And then we're like, I'm like, you know, I saw, I already saw he, when I was there, there was like, I can't remember which cars exactly, but there was like a pink, uh, oval window that was really neat. But then, um, I just was going through all my pictures because of the Prado show thing and, and everything. And, you know, I was like, man, is that, that's Jeff Caputi's car, you know? And he's like, yeah, that was, yeah. But I totally forgot about that. But the car was like a total show car. You know, I'd seen it driving around and then, in the pictures, you know, it's all taken apart and it's just like a shell because his mom got pissed at him and threw bricks at the car. And, oh, wow. and then it was going to be fixed. But then I, I don't even know whatever. I don't think that car ever got back together. But it, but in a lot of the shots when my car is getting built, that thing's in the background just uh, just wasting uh, away, just wasting away all dusty and stuff. And um, but anyway, he had. A, so 
I wanted the car salmon color. Like in the fifties, like there was a lot of cars that were salmon colored and like Thunderbirds came out in salmon. And so, um, anyway, so I knew I wanted the car to be salmon and, and, uh, most cars had the, the, the hood, I mean the, the side trim shaved and everything like, um, de-chromed. Right. But I, I like the side chrome and I like, uh, early, I like the early fat chrome, you know, so people back then bummed out on me because I, I drilled out the holes in my 67 and put in, I put in the fat, uh, right. The early trim. white chrome. Sure. Yeah. And then the hood, you know, we completely shaved the hood. We debossed the VW emblem and took off the chrome and took off the handle. And then the car, the, the, the back, I guess to get more cooling in it, the louvers in the back above the, below the window where it had been messed with, like cut out mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm like, man, what can we do with this? And Scott said, well, why don't we louver a panel and put it over that and then louver the deck lid to match it? You know, yeah. so that's how that happened. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to do the things. I wanted to fill the door handles. I wanted to fill the, uh, the exhaust cutouts and uh, the so overrider you, holes and you know, so, that kind so of stuff. So your, your initial influence comes from like a hot rod feel because back then hot rods were doing like – this was like the flash and go time in hot rods. You know, they were getting scallops and they were doing – painted to match stuff and so you were wanting to kind of give tribute to some of the hot rod influence but still keep it vw like like your own style yeah yeah like i i used to try and explain this i remember there was when i was in uh when i was going to college there was a guy that was a painter i mean not i mean like a oil painter you know because i'm a graphic designer and he drove a chevy like a it was a four-door it was like a 55 to i don't remember 56 57 chevy and mm-hmm. i was trying to tell him like man you know i'm my car you know i'm, I'm doing it like like kind of like influenced by like hot rods and 50 style and stuff. And he just totally, he couldn't understand it and totally thought it was, I'm like, I'm not trying to make it into a different kind of car. I'm just trying to like use some of that kind of influence on it. So anyway, then the, the, the one thing with the scallops was like that Scott had a car that he had, he had done for somebody restored it. And it was like a restored, like kind of sand colored uh, anyway, but he, he got it because the guy like wanted out of it and finished it. And it was supposed to be like stock height restored car, you know, but he slammed it. And then he was he kept looking at it going like it was just like so bland. So he scalloped it. it. That car was scalloped and it was the same colors, basically the scallops as mine. And then so um, as we were doing my car, uh, another car got scalloped just like that. It was red. But I don't we I, I saw that car there and I saw it drive around a few times and it disappeared. And then I got my car done. And as soon as like I drove it, I don't I drove it home and put it together. But then, you know, I was like, I didn't like the way it was. So then we scalloped it. Like I drove it back and we scalloped it. So then so it was originally car, all the salmon color. And then you added the scallops after the fact. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, it never really went anywhere. No, it was never shown all red. No. Yeah. Salmon the, color. Yeah. yeah. The salmon color. It never, I, I mean, I just drove it home. I have a photo of it at home like that. And then I have another and photo like, of nope. it. When I came, came back. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Scott was the one that got me like the real five spoke empties. You know, he had, he had like, um, he's like three or four years older, maybe a little bit more than that than me. So he had already been, he, you know, he had been into it for a while. He already know? knew so, what was cool. Like, right. no man, don't buy those MOs. You get, you need to get yeah. some real ones. And yeah. yeah. So he had those. So I sold my other wheels and put those on and, um, I got the car running and everything. And I can't, I don't remember if it was, I think it might've been Chinese speed and Chrome. Mm-hmm. I have photos of it. I can't remember which show it was, but so my friend, basically the car like was built by my, by Scott, me and my friend, Darren and my stepdad and mom helped. 
Um, so we drove down to wherever that was, Buena Park or wherever, and um, the uh, like I pulled up, and the interior was still like had like it was all you know crappy looking because it was like it well it had been nice when it was orange, but you know we spilled paint on it, whatever, and you know so I pulled in, and as soon as I pulled in the show, like like people were running at me and i was like man this is i'm just i mean i was just building the car just because for you yeah yeah and i I wasn't even building it to be like as nice it turned out way nicer than i even intended you know so so one of the guys that ran up right away was it was rk smith from hot vw's and i'm like i didn't know what he looked like then but i'm like he's like oh i'm rk smith you know when you know i want to shoot this for hot vw's and you know we need to get interior in it and then i'm like i'm like wow you know that was like, if anything, I'd want to be in hot VWs, you know, that was right. like, I was, I was blown away. Like, what do you mean? And then, so I parked and then, you know, um, entered the car in the daily driver class. And then at, like, I don't know within how long, but VW trans approached me to shoot the car and I'm like, okay, I took the information, but I knew I couldn't you're do like, both. You know? Yeah. You're like, look, I'm looking you know? to be in uh, I'm looking to be in hot VWs, no disrespect, but, uh, I yeah. prefer to be in hot VWs. Yeah. But I didn't say anything because I didn't really know really what how solid that was or what you know. So then the, you know the car got judged and it got like it would have gotten first place in its class I think, but it it um, the interior wasn't done, which I you know and it, I yeah, didn't yeah. really expect to win anything anyway. It was just you're looking so, back at it and you're you're almost like shoot I brought it out before I was ready. I'm a little too embarrassed. Everybody's just looking at this thing, and it's like yeah. they're gonna look at the interior and look at me like what's wrong with you? Yeah. So then uh, they. Uh, you know, you got like a judging sheet and it said what to, you know, what to improve on or whatnot, you know, like you know, yeah. needs interior obviously. And, you know, overspray on this area. And so then for that year, I guess I, I kind of showed it and got into that, you know, and then, uh, backing up a little bit at the same time before the car got finished like this, when it was orange, my neighbors had a square back, a 68 square back that was parked across the street, you know, and I, I like, after I started getting my car going a little bit, I'm like, Hey, you know, do you want to sell your square back? And, um, I ended up buying it, I think for like $225 or something, you know, it was like, um, we got it running me and my stepdad and we drove it down the street, but it had the fuel injection on it. It was smoking. And, yeah. But, um, so that car, well, my, well, the, that was the first engine I built. I engine, we built the, my stepdad and I built the engine for that and turned it to carburation and um, I that thing was like super low, and it was just uh, black primer with Mundis on it. I'm looking so at a pic- driving- I'm looking at a picture on your Instagram, which I'll I'll throw up there for everybody to see. And it says they hear that you drove you got it running and drove it from L.A. to San Francisco, or San Fernando, mm-hmm. L.A. to San Fernando. San Fernando, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's wild. Um, you got looks like you got a yeah. lettered a lettered crew cab behind it in the picture. And, yeah. Uh, so. Yes. Oh, I didn't know. I forgot that was in the picture. So that, that was my stepdad got that thing. Really? And, um, yeah, it was a double cab and Scott ended up restoring that as well. Um, but what's funny about that was that that car was, it was, it was bitching when he got it, but he was looking for one for a while. I think we went to some of the Soto meets and that kind of stuff. And, um, but I just, I wasn't really into the buses or, uh, double cabs as much. Um, but well, I talked about yeah, that. I, I talked about that on one of the episodes with David Hurd for a little bit because we talked about how back in these days, like bus guys, it was a to- bus scene was totally different than it is today. Like now, it seems that the that the whole VW scene together is like buses, bugs, and everything, and, and all the guys are like really hyped for doing it. But it seemed that the bus guys back then just seemed like weirdos. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
I yeah, mean, it was they were ex- different, yeah, different they were ex- guys. They were valuable, but nothing like now, you know I mean? Like, you, like the, the, you know, the more rare ones were expensive then, but nothing, you know, like 5,000 or something or whatever. Yeah. But, but anyway, he was looking for the double cabs were kind of, I don't know if they still are probably, but they were kind of hard to find. And he wanted, he didn't want a single cab. He wanted a double cab. I don't even know. I don't remember why he was so into that, you know, cause, but anyway, so he went searching for one and then, you know, back then it was just the recycler, you know, or some listings and it was out in Valencia and it turned out it was like the, the, uh, parts car for like the Valencia VW. And, you know, if we would have gotten that car like five or 10 years later, we wouldn't have painted it because it was bitch and it was yellow right. and it was all faded lettering with the, the VW guy that's made out of the logo and, yeah. you know, but it was pretty, it was beat, pretty, you know, it wasn't like perfect or anything. But anyway, that, that was the story with that. So then we, you know, I kind of helped him restore that um, after we did my car. So your, and, and then, so yeah. your car, you were, you were talking about that you bought the square back for 250 bucks from your neighbor and then did you, yeah. prime, you just primed it, put some, put some salt discs on it and called it good and just had like yeah, the, and, the cool wagon. Yeah. I mean, it was it needed like, you know, it'd been sitting for years. So, you know, did brakes, transmission. And then, you know, the first thing I did was I, you know, I'm like, and I had already talked to people and I knew that you, when you lower those, you could just take the arms out and put them back in, you know? So basically I just, we just put it in as, as low as we could. So it would, it would turn, you know, like, um, so yeah, so that that low. was fun that was like that was pretty satisfying because it was like you could you could you could do it without any um major modifications except for putting on tires and different shocks you know oh yeah so um yeah and then after after we did that on that car um my friend darren about the same time he had uh we met skating and he he'd wanted a vw but didn't know anybody that had one he saw me park outside our friend's ramp and anyway he ended up getting a 56 oval so um, that, that was a pretty neat car. It was just primer with primer flames and just super low. And after that, we started like lower, I, we probably lowered in about 10 to 15 cars of people that, you know, like give us 200 bucks or whatever. Right. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. you know, I got pretty, pretty good at it for a little while, just taking leaves out and whatnot. But my, my car ended up getting like drop spindles on it and it just still has the leaves pulled the, the small leaves. Um, but so, that was pretty fun for a while. So now you get, you show up at your first, you, the, the first show at Johnny Speed and Chrome. Interior is not finished. Now you go back to the drawing board. Now you're motivated. Hot VW is thrown out there for you and said, Hey, w- I want you featured in the magazine. Get your interior buttoned up and come see me. So what's your, what, yeah. what's the next plan on that car? So then uh, I decided, you know, I just wanted to do like kind of a cream interior. And I, I thought partially, I think it was like cost. And also I'm like, you know, I should, they make kits, you know, like nice interior kits and Scott, you know, since he had a shop, he could order that stuff. So we ordered, uh, covers and it's funny cause I, we put the covers since everything was still, the interior was still good, like, uh, cushion wise and stuff. So we just covered, I covered the old, uh, upholstery up with the new upholstery reproduction covers. upholstery mm-hmm. covers. Um, and then the only thing I paid for was the carpet, you know, I got like custom carpet put in. And, uh, the headliner was the same one. It's still the same one that was when it was done the first time. Yeah. And, and, uh, put in like the stock, uh, door panels. Like I think that they're probably like earlier. They're for like a 66 and before, uh, bug. And then I don't remember. I honestly don't and at the moment. I don't remember what the next show was, but it was within probably the next, whatever the next big thing was, it was done. And then, uh, I went with, uh, 
it was funny because R.K. Smith wanted to shoot it down at, I uh, can't remember where that park is, but I think it's in Whittier or something. It's a big park with a lake. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, man, why do we have a, he, he shot a lot of cars there. But, you yeah. know, I'm coming from Northridge. I'm like, why do I have to drive all the way? But, of course, I'm not going to complain one ounce because I'm, you know, it's good for that right. magazine, you know. So we shot we shot most of it by that little lake. And, and then we went to, I don't remember going inside Hot VW's office, but we went to where the office was. And then I, if I remember right, it was the same, uh, the same day we shot, it might've been, I can't remember if it was the same day or not, but they shot the, the cover for the, that other magazine and for the calendar. Cause it was the, 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 the centerfold calendar for the year. It's the main car. Yeah. You, in, the, in the, the bug is. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it was weird. It was awkward. Cause I got, I had come back from England and I had long hair. Like I went on vacation there and I was like, it wasn't like a hippie hair. It was cause like then like there's bands like the cult and mm-hmm. other stuff like that, you know? So I was like, man, so when, when we got there, you know, my friend had Darren had long blonde hair, you know, and they're like, Hey, do you mind if we put him in the picture with the model and this and that? I'm like, <laughs> I got pissed. I'm like, well, if you want to use anybody, you know, you know, I want to be in it cause it's my car, you know? Right. They're like, Oh, okay. Oh, all right. You know? So, you know, it's just, I don't, it was that whole, like the, the shoot, I don't remember how long it was, but it was pretty brief and, you know, whatever, met the model, blah, 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 did the shoot. And then I didn't, I knew, <laughs> You're like, they, what's they the said, deal, bro? <laughs> yeah. I'm in there. Then, yeah. So then I thought, you know, I was like, well, I didn't even know it was going to be in the, the calendar centerfold or I didn't really know it was going to be on that other magazine cover, you know, Yeah. but that ended up. And then, you know, during that time, there's like in VW trends and show coverage and stuff, there's photos of it and in the show coverage and whatnot. But, um, so but, then you yeah. get shot for, you get a shot for hot VW. So now it's like, yeah. And, and explain to me how that's going down for you. So you get it in the magazine and that's like, you're on cloud nine. Like, it's, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. like you're going to every grocery store trying to buy every copy. And, yeah. Uh, and like, just, just, you know, they sent me advanced copies in the mail, two of them, you know, you're just looking at that going, it's so hard for, I think, I, I don't even think anybody can imagine what that's like. That's younger than us Yeah. that, or, or in the generation with the internet, because back then, like there was, you know, there was nothing that, that was like the only publicity you would get, you know, that's it. The magazine and, was it. And if you, and if you made it yeah. to the magazine, it was like, you were a superstar, you know? Yeah. And there's, there's, you know, 12 issues and then how many feature cars, maybe like three or something an issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there was a lot of cars back then. So it wasn't like, you know, it was a big deal. It wasn't like, oh yeah, that's why I remember some people going like, oh, then, you know, I think you talked about it when your podcast, but people, even I worked in the magazine industry later, you know, like people try and like get in both magazines and like do like weird stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like you want the magazine wants that, you know, the maybe eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually maybe you want it and the other magazine will run it you know, if it's like within six months or something, but, um, yeah, you're kind of like loyal because you, you know, if you're not, you know, if you ever build another car, whatever you're going to get, you're not going to, you're going to be blackballed. You're oh, not yeah. be, I yeah, had, they still know. had that going on when I had my, when I had my car featured my bus for the first time, it was in uh, Volksworld magazine and I oh, became, man. I became buddies with Ivan over there, just kind of over the phone. And every time I had a car done, I'm just like, yeah, no, like I, I would have liked to be an ultra VW, but I just was always in like my, my thing was always like, yeah, my car's done. I called Kiki. He shot it for Volksworld and it's in Volksworld. And that was like, you know, you get this alliance with a company or with with a magazine because you look at it like, 
there was always, you know, VW trends and hot VWs. Trends, it was interesting because in the 80s, trends looked like it was more about the street scene and what was like hot happening now. And yeah. it seemed that Hot VWs was more the conservative magazine, like more staple yeah. cars, more red cars, more Bajas, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Because I was just going through stacks of 80s magazines of both, you know, like the Hot VWs and VW Trans. And, you know, because I'm looking for my favorite covers and my favorite covers are like the the scenic shots where it's three, four cars. And, you know, it just looks yeah. like looks like dreamland, like a couple dudes just washing their cars and here come some girls in bikinis to help. Like, you know, yeah. every teenager's dream when you're sitting there yeah, flipping sure. through the magazine at 7-Eleven. So, yeah. So, um, oh, then, you know, another car that was pretty influential on me was I was at the inner shows uh, show. I guess it was like a swap meet show at, at the Orange County Fairgrounds. And mm-hmm. I we were leaving and I walked out and there was a red square back that was chopped. And it was like totally different looking than anything. And it ended up being uh, Dick Dean's son, who's Kid, Kid Dean. And really? he still does work. But. But that that ended up being on the cover of uh, Hot VWs, and it, but but it was built very different because his upbringing was like custom cars. You know, sure. his dad was a famous custom car builder, and um, that thing was crazy. You know, so so then, but what was interesting is like the time I started showing my car, there was a, a the car that's on the cover of my issue in Hot VWs. It's a squareback that Paige Proctor built, mm-hmm. and. Um, during, I'm just from shows. We became friends, not super good friends, but I'd see him and hang out. And his car was like a total, like ground up show car, you know. And uh, but he drove it to the show, and he was like, take everything apart and you know put on jack stands and then pack it all up. And you know you'd see everybody else coming in trailers, but that guy he drove that thing. You know, it had a so lot of like, cool. it was crazy. And so anyway, he, through him, my car got in a couple of, like European magazines because you know he he hooked up me and him with the, like I went to his house once and they, it was in, um, I think the magazine called like Chrome and flames, like in Germany or something. Uh-huh. So I have like two copies of that. And that was, that was pretty neat back then to get that, like in a, from a foreign country, like, a, you know, yeah, it's like, open it up and see a car. It was like, dude, you know how rare this is. I'm worldwide. Like this is before. Yeah. I mean, to try to get young kids today to comprehend what it was like to have a hundred people look at a picture of your car. Yeah. L- let alone, people around the world like you're like man my car has been published in germany it was like a huge deal i mean yeah yeah it, it it's it's hard to try to convey that to kids today because everybody's got this perception that they'll just be you know that they'll get famous over like oh, just send a just post a thing on instagram and ten thousand people will view it and ho-hum whatever but you know to be in the magazine yeah. especially around the world is especially then was a huge deal. I mean, trying to find, cause I don't think you had like, I mean, the first time, the first issue I have of Volks world of a foreign magazine was 1993. And I used to go to, I used to go to a place called Bookstar here in Vegas. And I'd go there. They had a whole import magazine section and they had, um, uh, like these different magazines from all over the country. And I saw Volks world and I was like, man, this is so crazy. They build these things in England too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's like, yeah. You'd go get that, and your buddies, you'd show up with your buddy's house, and you're like, oh, check out what I got. And they're like, oh, let me look at it. Like, well, that's crazy because, you know, we didn't have access to the internet with three clicks of a button. You're going to be all the way across the world. So being being published in magazines around the world back then was like, there's no beating yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, there was a whole process that, that, that with the internet, you don't have to do. Like, you know, they, you know, there was people that got hired and then they had to learn 
and like there was like a like the people that were at the magazines were like trained like you know shoot you know photography yeah, absolutely. writing and and most importantly they were experts on those cars and they went they couldn't be there unless they were so you know now there's there's so many different uh uh experts and you don't know like there is people that are totally legit and stuff but there's other people you're like this guy like blew up on instagram, instagram and he's yeah. just he's just got you know he just got into this like a year ago but people don't know that he's only been in this a year ago which in some i guess i don't even know if that matters anymore but you know like it just seemed like back then it was like a big deal you know you, you know i i think it does because i think some of that is is you know you get people that blow up out of nowhere right i mean yeah. completely out of nowhere and next thing you know it's they're 60 days and they got thirty five thousand followers yeah but to try to make the correlation to and we've become this generation of like disposable um, appreciation for things like, eh, I seen something, but it's like the, the most similar thing I can equate it to is like going Instagram is like a car guy going to the SEMA show. Like you go to the SEMA show, it doesn't matter how much cool stuff you've seen. You're ruined. You leave the SEMA yeah. show, no matter how nice your car is, it's a piece of crap because it doesn't have a 42-inch plasma screen that comes up out of the middle of the car, doesn't have 95 speakers in the door, doesn't have you know the bumper bolts polished and plated and engraved. Like they go so far over the top that it's like it's like sensory overload. And then yeah. to some degree, I, I, like with the SEMA show, for example, I find myself like if I like it, I take a picture of it because – I go to the SEMA show and I'm like, all right, I got to get, you're looking at like a big sandwich. Like I got to get through this thing instead of like walking through slowly and just appreciate things. And I think because the crowd and things like that, you get in that environment and you're just in a rush to just blast through the place and you don't really get to like really look at cars and enjoy the work that's been done to them and all, all the creativity. So I've made it a point to try to take pictures of that stuff because I'll go through and like, man, I don't even remember seeing that car, but I know it caught my attention because I stopped and took a picture of it. And then I can kind of spend a little more time enjoying the car. And I think a lot of that today with a younger generation, it's kind of lost on them because they're like so spoiled with sensory overload all the time of cool things that, oh yeah, ho-hum, that was cool 14 minutes ago. But as of right now, like something even cooler just won up that. And our generation was like, you work two summers to get that yeah. car. And it was like your big debut and you were all low-key, none of your butt like don't take any pictures when you know like hey buddy put your 110 camera away no pictures of the car because i don't want this getting out and you know yeah like and nowadays you, that's a hard thing to it's almost impossible to, to keep a car uh on the down low like and that was that was the cool thing back then it was like probably how my car was like nobody nobody knew it was being the only people that had seen it were um my friend darren scott and like three other people you know because i I basically that you know I finished it right before that show and drove it there. So yeah. I'm pulling in, you know, uh, and the other thing was like even like reference like like you couldn't really you know, it was before computers like for even like you know you cut the only thing you could do is maybe like to lower your car and is to you know Xerox a photo and like cut it up and you know right. yeah but, you had to literally but, photoshop with some scissors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but but even like color or something you know like we you know when we mix the paint up for Scott you know was the one that mixed up the color and he's like I know exactly what you want, you know, and I came in, I'm like, you know, wow, you know, that, that is the right color. And, but in a can, it looks different than I'm like, how's that going to look on the car? Well, you know, this is my, I'm, unless I paint it myself after this, this is what my one 
shot, you know, to get it painted, yeah. you know, you know, and then I remember I went in when the car got, you know, I went in without a uh, respirator or anything, just ran in and man, I, I was like totally sick for like overnight. I felt like I was going to throw up. I gotta see my car. I gotta yeah, see it. Totally <laughs> inhaled all the paint and, you know, it's like crazy, but um, yeah, the, well, the lengths that we but, would go through to, to get our car customized and to try to, and, and you were in such a rush to get this thing done, but you wanted it to be good. But ba- I think back then we were so much more hands-on because resources were tight. Money wasn't like it is now. So y- y- there was always these deals like, okay, I, I, I met this dude who like, I can pay him some money, work at a shop, do some of this and get something cool. Otherwise, you either had to have that or rich parents. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, but I, 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 I found that typically the VW scene was more like hands-on guys, more like car builders than like the mini truck scene, because the mini yeah. truck scene was like you bought this brand new Nissan and you drove it to this, you know, like out here there's a place called Total FX and you just drove it over Total FX and you just checked off, yeah, give me an alarm, give me these wheels, these low-profile tires, give me the six-eight drop kit. Give me the snug top that this, like you just checked all these boxes and then it's like, all right, your brand new car is done and it's all cool looking. And then like you just get it. And there was in the same generation, there was this dichotomy of like mini truck guys and then bug guys and two totally different cats. You know what I mean? Like yeah, out of VW guys, you probably have 75% of them know how to work on their cars. Mini truck guys, maybe 10% because most of them just like never opened the hood. And it was all about, no, no, check it out. I just got four more 15s in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, check this out. But it was like they had their custom paint and that kind of stuff. But I, I often equated it to the VW guys had a tendency to start out with no money but resources and had to become resourceful if you really wanted to get your project done. Because most of us were at a young age when we did them and we didn't have the money to to go spend five, 6,000 bucks on paint jobs and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, that was funny. Like I, I was talking, it might've been you or somebody at El Prado, the Prado show. And I was like, you know, literally in that car, I, in my car to this day, I probably have like $5,000 in it or something, which yeah. you know, even with the paint and everything and the, the wheels and the, you know, that my empty steering wheel back then, like my friend, uh, Tim Shandell, who was a VW guy, who worked on VWs, like mainly like suspension and stuff like that. You know, he, he, he found this, he would, he found probably at least like 10 empty steering wheels at pick your part, you know? And it was like, he bought it for $10 and I, you know, I was going out like spending tons of money. It's $50 or $60, yeah. you know, on I'll empty steering wheel. You but, for 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, it's like, I mean, I was lucky that my car was pretty, even though I've been desert, driven and stuff it was pretty clean you know like it the main only main body work was that front problem you know yeah where it got, so, where it got backed but, into but, it. yeah but back then you could get like I, actually it's funny because i i hear people complain about how much stuff is now and like it is expensive to get into a hot rod or a custom car but you can do it cheaply but i still like i, I go and i look on craigslist or whatever and you could get a bug pretty decent price still like you can still you know, buy like, them the, bu- yeah, I the mean, bug market has not been ruined on the same respect. It's a little softer on the bug side and it's got yeah. to be a real rare beetle to sell for big money. But the good part is a guy can, you can still go buy a 65, 66, 67 bug, you know, any of the mid sixties, early seventies bug for a grand, maybe less Yeah, like complete roller and actually 
you know, build you a cow look car. And really, if you're going for like an 80s cow look, scalloped, you know, painted to match, I've been collecting Rossi's for the past couple of years. And all my buddies are like, what are you getting them stupid headlights for? I'm like, bro, I loved Rossi's. And I just, yeah, I like those too. Those and are I, cool. And yeah. I love the look. And, and uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, man, I was going to throw his wink mirror in the trash. And he's like, but I figured you wanted it since you keep all that lame 80s stuff. Cause I was like, dude, you watch the next few years, 80s stuff is coming back. And so, I got like a wink mirror, some baby turbos, some tornadoes, and then I've got all the little things to assemble to get myself a little nice, clean, you know, 80s looker because it's just, they were just so fun. It was like 1776, a couple, some dual carbs. It made more noise than it went fast, but it sounded, but you felt like it was peppy. You had the big five spokes on there. And then it was just like lower it, wheels, paint job, interior. Like you didn't go to the detail that we go to now. But they were just so fun because they were still really reliable. You know, you could get in it, go wherever you wanted to. I mean, I drove, I had a 62 bug with a stock 40 horse in it. And I have cousins that live in Canyon Country. I drove the thing from Vegas to Canyon Country, dude, on the yeah. Palmdale Highway. And the thing was like slammed, no interior. Like I had a sheepskin seat cover over the springs. And it was like ghetto multiplied. I had the, the, the 135 Michelins with the inner tubes on the front, on the stock. Yeah, on the stock wheels. I like. I think the forty-seven-year-old Bill thinks about it, and I think like, man, I must have been half stupid. But it was like yeah. it was my car. I could get out of town, and I just bolted out of here with a forty-horse motor on a slam. I mean, that bug was slammed. It was like four inches off the ground, in the front and back aprons. Yeah, but it was just so like that's just what we did. We were just used to them being reliable. Didn't worry about it overheating. You just hop on the road, and boom, you're gone. Yeah, you it's know? funny when b- before my car was finished in the how it is now you know it was my daily car and i drove it like my dad lived in marina del, marina del rey which isn't that far away but with traffic you know it could be over an hour you know and i drove that from northridge to my dad's you know whenever i went to see him and stuff and just parked it on the street or you know it was you know i mean it was nice before it got totally finished but i didn't really think of it as like oh i'm driving my old car to you know wherever and the, the other thing I've, I've been thinking about lately is that like you know, it seemed like they were old cars, but they weren't really that old. You know, no, they like, weren't. I, I was, and and twenty years but old. You think about, yeah, and you think of now, like, you know, I wouldn't even want a fifteen-year-old car because <laughs> no. everything's plastic and stuff. You can't really do the same kind of stuff. You well, know? there was nothing like, that was that cool. You know, I think the thing with Volkswagens yeah. is like they just had this cool, like it was the way for a dude who didn't have a lot of scratch that could just just get. It was uh, like we're going to talk about that a little bit. Like you're you're you remember the Burbank Choppers, and that's and, and that's now gone to like a nostalgic level of hot rod customization and preserving the culture. But yeah. our generation, that was our those were our thirty two Fords. Those were our you know our early T buckets. That those were our cars because those were the cars that guys that when they were. 16 to 21 were going in junkyards dragging a car out building it up and and like you you didn't like save your money and buy a car you built it paycheck by paycheck and and when you were done you had a car that not only was cool and respected but you built it you know yeah the 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 other thing that um is kind of i was thinking about a lot like you know lately with, with going to prado and all that like you know my car is like the barn find or you know what i would call like like a survivor and but you know when i get into hot rods you know I, I that was like the main thing i wanted to find was like a survivor car or whatever and i'm thinking like my my deuce five window was built in 59 originally but when i got it it was like that was only 30 years or not even 20 years before yeah. so basically like 
but but when I would ask guys, like that just seemed like the fifties seemed like that was ancient times, you know, like, you know, looking at the old magazines and, 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 uh, you know, I'd ask guys questions like about their cars or about that time period. And a lot of them couldn't remember stuff. And, and I experienced that with my car. Cause I'm like, you know, I, I know it and everything, but then I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, cause I hadn't really, I mean, I, I hadn't been, I hadn't been thinking about it as much as like, I was thinking like, man, what kind of carburetors do I have? Like, yeah, they're like, I couldn't, what made you think of that? You're like, cause it was, <laughs> Why'd you put that on there? I don't know. It was there. Like it was there and yeah. I needed something to put there. Like, but. yeah, but it was like all, all of a sudden I understood like what I had been questioning these guys about, like, how can you not remember like exactly what size tire you ran or what, you know? And, um, so that was, that, that's been pretty weird. Cause it doesn't like, to me, it doesn't seem that long ago. And, so and like it, th- those guys driving their hot rods, I mean, like thinking like 20, 30 years to me, it seemed like ancient times, but to them, they were like, it was still like it was yesterday. You know, oh, yeah. Is, and the funny, part, weird. the funny part is I was talking to, uh, I'm going to have Bob, Bob uh, Mazagati, I think his last name is. He had that red dune buggy that was on the cover of Hot VWs in 1985. And it was like yeah. fully tricked out. And he still had his car. He was there at the 80s display. And he and I were talking. Oh, that guy was cool. I actually talked to that guy for like an hour. He was really cool. Yeah, I, told, I mean, he's 19 years old on the cover of Hot VWs. Yeah. He's working at a fab shop, building that car, so he has access to all the resources, and then decides, gets out of the scene, and like, I'm just going to park it. But one of the funny things we're talking about, that, to your point, is he said, we're talking, he's, and, and I'm asking him all these questions, and he says, yeah, this reminds me of a quote I heard, and he, he couldn't remember who said it, and one of these days I'm going to find out who actually said it, but he said, he, th- he thought it was Carol Shelby that said it, but he said, if I knew I was making history when I do it, when I did it, when I was doing it, I would have paid more attention <laughs> because yeah. that's, when you ask these guys like, man, why'd you put the Buick brakes on the front of your, on the front of your 32? And he's like, cause I didn't have any other brakes. And all of a sudden it became like out of necessity it becomes like the cool thing. Like, well, well he did the Buick brakes. So we're all doing that. The, the right. alloy fin brakes and you know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. It, it, it's, it's cool to see that stuff. So, that's the point I want to get to. So you're showing the car for how, how long? So you're driving the car daily. You finish the car, show it two, three times, but you didn't build it to be a show car. You built it to be your daily, it was your daily driver. Yeah. So then that's actually kind of, it was a weird transition uh, in a sense like that. Um, the car was so nice. And then I was paranoid about driving it and paranoid about parking it anywhere. Cause like now I don't think it's as big a deal to get stolen. But back then, like, you know, cars were getting stolen and you know, I, I, I had shaved door handles, so there wasn't any way to really lock it or, you know. Yeah, that was a two-part um, custom. You shaved it so nobody could open your door and steal your bug because they were stealing bugs like nobody's business back in the day. Yeah, so then, anyway, so then it kind of became a problem. Like, like, when am I going to drive daily? Because I'm like, I, I, you know, I drove it where places where I could see it. So then, it, it, but then um, I ended up, my the Subaru that my mom got to replace the my bug, she ended up, they got a new car. So I'm like, I bought that, you know? So then, then, then I had that. And then I just noticed like, I, ever, ever since I finished the car, I just didn't enjoy it like as much because I was so worried about it, you know? Right. It became this, a problem to drive around. Yeah. So what was, I didn't really plan it this way or anything, but because of the, the way it turned out and it got so much notoriety and stuff, like, I guess I kind of was like, well, what else can I do in the VW world? Like I, I didn't really intend to, but I, I've reached I the top. Did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, it, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I even, I planned on, you know, but then I'm like, well, 
I kind of want to get a notch back, you know, or an oval window, but, um, but my, you know, my family is background is hot rods and whatnot. So then right about that time when I'm done with the car, I went to a barbecue at my uncle's house, like a family barbecue. And he, he's the artist, Robert Williams. Who's like, Oh, you that's know, your like, uncle. Yeah. Get so, out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah. So he, 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 he was so excited and he's like, you know, check this out. I just got this book, you know, it's called, Don, it's like hot rodding in the forties. It, it's like it, this guy, Don Montgomery wrote the book. He just recently died and he did a series of these books. But like, as soon as I looked at that, I was like, this is what I need to do. I like, need one of those. That, yeah, because at the time, like street riders looked like old men and they just went to a show and they parked the car and they sat there with their cooler and they didn't, nobody drove a car that wasn't finished back then. Right. So, so I'm looking at this book, these pictures of their teenagers and there's like hot girls and, like neat cars and they're, they're all dirty and they're, they're, there's some cars are totally nice. And, but some cars are, they're just like, they're bitching looking, but they're not finished. You know, it's just like they're, it was even more back then. It was more than what we did. Like they, they literally are like, you know, taking the fenders off the car and then driving it and the next day, like putting headlights on it and what, you know, so then like my uncle, like that, I think either that day or a week later, my uncle said, Hey, you know, you want to borrow my old magazine collection? you know, cause he was already collecting all the fifties and sixties hot rod magazines. And, um, I think he even, my dad had given him, um, his magazines from like a hot rod that he subscribed to in the sixties. So I had all these magazines. I had that. I, I got my own copy of the Don Montgomery book and I was just started going through the magazines. And then, uh, I was like, man, I want to get a, I want to get a 49 Merc. That's like, what I was like, you know, that that's what that's I want to get. That's the car. Yeah. So then I happened to be driving to this internship and there was a chop Merc on the side of the road. And I, I was like, you don't, you didn't see like stuff like that on, no. you know, like parked around then. So like I, I saw the car and I left a number on it and I, I kept seeing it, but I never could find the guy. And, you know, it turned out like the guy had chopped that thing in the seventies and he was like that car, like, you, you know, you could have offered him $200,000 and he wouldn't have sold that car, but it was like all faded paint and stuff mm -hmm. by then within a little bit of time, <clears throat> my uncle said, he went to the Outriders picnic and he said, you know, I found this car. You should get it. It's a 32 Ford five window coupe. It's a, it's an old fifties hot rod. You know, you really should get this. And I'm like, well, that's 60. The guy wanted $6,500 for it. I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. money. Like, you know, but, but even at the time that was cheap for a hot rod. Oh yeah. What year is this? Uh, 1980, 89. Uh, so you're so, driving. So, so now the bugs parked in the garage. Yeah. Well, not yet. I mean, I was like, so you're still so using then, the bug occasionally. Yeah. 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 yeah driving yeah. the Subaru. So, yeah. So then I'm like, okay, well I could sell my square back, mm -hmm. but I don't want to sell my bug, you know, but I guess I don't really want to sell the square back either, but you know, I guess that's got to go. So I, I, I listed that for sale, sold it like, got like whatever. So then, uh, you know, I borrowed half the money from my grandparents and half the money from my other grandparents. <laughs> And I went down and got the car and my uncle's like, I'll drive it home for you if you want, because, you know, it's like there's something like the, like this is like a running driving uh, survivor hot rod. You sure. Know? I'm like, like, OK, like looking back, like that's unbelievable that I was able to get that. And it, I drove it home and it was pretty sketchy. But oh, yeah, like you know, the all guy hot got, rods, they're yeah, all looking yeah, and you get behind the wheel yeah. and you're like, no wonder yeah. this guy sold it. The whole traditional hot rod thing kind of like for me in 
the people that like we we started doing that like it was like like we want the cars we want to drive the cars not just be parked somewhere and wanted to be like who cares if they're finished you know just drive it while you're you know working primer or whatever drive it while you're building so yeah so um the the guy that i bought my car from like you know it was like a quick I got it. And you know, I know if I wouldn't have gotten it within like two weeks, like he probably would have changed his mind, not sold it. Cause he has a lot of really bitching cars. And honestly, like this was one of the bitching cars, but his son was going to drive it to high school and they couldn't get it, the the steering good on it. So I think that's why they sold it, you know, but luckily like he was totally, yeah, this thing it, steers it, directly for the median. Yeah. So we'll just sell this to Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, every time you saw it, every time I did something to it, he'd be like, Oh, you know, I never should have sold that car, but, you're doing exactly what I want, what I, what I wanted to do with the car that I never did. And there's, and there's validity in that. Like it's one thing to sell a car. Cause I think anybody that's in the car scene, we, we buy cars and then I've had it happen to me a bunch where I buy a car and I'm like, all right, cool. This is going back for a project. It's going to be down the road. One of my buddies shows up. He's like, Oh, let me, bro, let me buy it. Let me buy it. And I'm like, I don't want to sell it. I want to buy it and build it. But dude, that's my car. I want that. And then you like, and then I usually make them do the blood oath of like, if you ever sell it, I get first right of refusal, whatever, whatever. But yeah, it's, it, 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 there's at least it's rewarding when you sell the car to someone, if they do what you would have done with it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just followed that path versus like they bought it, they blew it apart. I, I've had too many where people have bought cars for me that they were going to build. They blew them apart. And then they never got yeah. finished. And then that was just even more disgusting to me. But what, do you, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so like, you know, I got this car and then I'm like, so now it's like a totally different thing where it's like I had the bug and like basically all the hot rodders didn't like me because I had a bug. Yeah. But now I had a hot rod. And back then the old guys didn't like the younger guys. Like, you know, so like, you know, I had the car for like less than a month and I took it to Scott and I said, I want to chop this, you know? And he's like, all right, you know, I'll do it. So he did, we became, you know, really good friends by then. So he's like, you know, just, you know, I'll just, just come here on Saturday and we'll chop it. You know, we'll do it, you know? So, you know, he didn't really charge me anything for it. So, for, you know, I go there all the time and give him lunch or buy him lunches or whatever. So I was super excited. I got the car chopped. You know, it's, it's like we left it, you know, I'm like, I got it home and it's just, it had no bond on it. Nothing just like bare welds with, burn off paint you know and i'm thinking like oh, i'm gonna drive it to bob's and it's gonna be so cool people are gonna be stoked and you know i got the complete opposite reaction but it's funny oh. because the whole the whole boss big boy place ran around the car like all everybody came to look at it and everybody was telling me what was wrong with it what was unsafe about it you know like <laughs> that's always a confidence you know. builder yeah but but i mean it was because like they were all like into four bar suspension and independent suspension and you know they they were looking at like it was a piece of junk but then you know, there was a few other people that looked at the car before I got it. And everybody, is, as soon as I was driving it, they're like kicking themselves that they didn't buy it because it was a good deal, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, honestly, like I wouldn't even have that car now because they're so expensive. Sure. I wouldn't be able to own it. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, so I'm like 22 years old and I got this car and there's literally no, I didn't know anybody in LA. There was no kids that were into it, like that were younger, you know. That, yeah. That, then slowly I met you know, I had a couple friends and then they got my, my friend Darren that had the oval window. He got, he got a shoe box that, um, had a, uh, Oldsmobile motor in it. Like it was like a, like a traditional early style custom. But the other thing that's interesting, um, to go back on was that the first people that I met here, um, that had, uh, like 
real hot rods and like fifties and sixties style stuff where people from Europe that were moving here, like from England or Sweden. Yeah. And, um, and it turned out that the guy that had chopped my, uh, my aunt's 34 sedan, he was a VW guy in England. And when I met him, I'm like, man, you guys, you're Nick and Rick. And I'm like, I saw you guys, your cars were in hot VWs. Like they, they were like only like cowlick bugs I had seen from England. They, they featured them in hot VWs and they were totally cool. They were like different. They were like weird pastel colors, but just simpler. And, you know, and it turned out those were those guys that I had read about. Oh, really? And I, and, and I met him here and I'm like, man, that that's just back then. Now that wouldn't be that weird. But then it was like, man, you guys came from England and you, and they said the same thing. Like most guys that were back then that were into VWs that got into custom cars. Cause they were a custom car is more like a, like a cow bug as far as like finished paint and like shaving stuff. And, you know, anyway, I don't know that, but that was kind of, it was cool. Like, so, you know, back then I, there was like a few, I saw one thing in a magazine, like, there were some guys that were like building like pretty, there was like a authentic, like fifties style, uh, hot rods and music scene, like in England. Mm-hmm. And, um, some of those guys had moved here and there was like a club called the low flyers that were around. And, but those, those cars, they, they were like, uh, they were fiberglass bodies, most of them, cause they were in England, but you know, the, but they made them look like they were the like, real deal. You know, made the real deal. Like they had and rust then, on them. Yeah. But, but over here, you know, like my uncle's 32 Roadster and uh, Jim Jacobs, Jake's tub. And, um, there's a guy named Robert Catilla who <laughs> I think after the earth, the earthquake back then he like, he bailed and went to like another state. I've never seen him since, but yeah, the Northridge he earthquake? was like, you're talking about Northridge? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but he was a cinematographer and my uncle was telling me about his car. I, don't, I think that was before I got my car, but he had a 32 Roadster with a Hemi in it. And it was like, he went up to the dry lakes and went to the, like he, he put like some of it was real, but he like made it look like he had just come off the lakes, like put dirt on the car and stuff. Yeah. Put and some that of the was salt like, on there. <laughs> yeah. The, and that was, yeah. The dust and stuff but it was, but that car literally looked like it had rolled out of like an old picture. Like, really? you know, th- there was cars that people like were doing back then that were like trying to be fifties, but they were like bubble gummy. Like they didn't look, they weren't like, you know, like that. So, yeah, anyway, like the, yeah, the, so the hot like, rod guy that just puts Elvis everything in the car. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. The guy like, like Betty Boop, Betty Boop thing. Yeah. yeah, you missed the mark, buddy. Yeah, but um, so, so it was cool. Like, so the the whole thing, like, with what I was into, like, music and art and collecting old stuff, and like within like, like maybe a year or two, like I noticed like there's a guy, one guy in San Diego, there's one guy in Orange County, you know. And then, so the whole traditional hot rod thing with the young guys, which we didn't want it to be, but it ended up being called rat rods. You know, that's not, that's like totally what we didn't want it to be called, but uh, that happened, you know? And then, um, so, you know, my club was originally called the Chislers and most of us at first, the guys had bikes and some muscle cars and I had my hot rod. So I was like the first guy, at least in this area that had like a, a, a car like that, you know? like old style looking chopped hot rod that was tradi- we call you know I just called it a real hot rod because back then everything was called street rod right. so like, I was like like a barn is, find original yeah, this, hot rod this is a hot rod yeah well and it's like it's almost like you um, hate to use the term barn find what what you really you're trying to describe without saying authentic an authentic original early untouched untouched yeah. hot rod you know yeah. genuine hot rod 
survivor. Yeah. So then, um, basically we like within a couple, probably a couple, three years, you know, my, my friends that I met that were in the Chislers, they had started like, you know, my friend Keith, who Keith Wiesner, he's like a pretty well-known artist. He's in my club and he, he's like started building a, um, a 29 roadster. And he also had a shoebox board that his dad had started. And, you know, I, I, but back then it was so weird. Like, you know, I, we started, I started going to, um, even, I think it was like the year before I got my, my, my five window, I went to, uh, uh, Paso Robles. There's mm-hmm. a, a car show up there, which the, the Penny and Rich Pache had started like to bring back custom cars, you know, and that was like, that was the place to go if you were into like, you know, anything like kind of like, like that early style or the trying to be like that, you know? Yeah. So I went up there and I, you know, there was nobody around that was like looking like kind of like dressing 50 style or, or like, but you would stop, you would spot anybody that was younger that looked kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Anybody, so saw, like, anybody like, to use the yeah. term that you hate, anybody that's looking rockabilly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody yeah, like that. Cause like, we've obviously yeah. got Viva out here, but back probably back 20 years ago, I, I remember driving to the Hootenanny. They, they had a show yeah. called the Hootenanny and I went yeah. there specifically to see the super suckers cause they were playing. So I, right. I, I was, I at, was there. I was at that show. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I drove there with my, I actually drove my five liter Mustang down there because that's my car that would make it. But yeah. I had my Riviera at the time and I remember seeing some super nice Rivieras, but yeah, I totally get the car culture you're talking because it was almost like a revolt to the, to like the yellow Mercs and the, and the and the T buckets with the sixty inch wide back tires and like the overdone yeah. like it was like a new generation of guys that were appreciating the authenticity of the original core hot rod stuff before the billet yeah. before the you know when you had to be resourceful to hot rod a car which is where it comes from you know yeah and I think like like looking back we were being rebellious but at the time we just were doing our own thing and then it just like you know it was like, like now, like I, I love the family style of a car show, but back then it was like, it was all just like, you know, it was really kind of seemed like kind of square and, you know, like the, the guys at the show at Pastor Robles, they were like these pink shirts and everything was like organized and, but we love that show. I was like, you know, but, yeah, but you know, so, you know, we, we would, it was mainly like, like it was my club that was the Chislers, but became the choppers. And then there's a club called the shifters. You probably heard of. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was later like the Deacons and there was, um, there was a couple others, you know, but it was basically, there was like, you know, maybe it turns out like 40 of us, you know, like just like that were, you know, we all knew each other within a year, you know, and then it was really exciting because you wouldn't know who would show up with what car, who was building what, you know, drive. And we'd, you know, you'd, you'd drive up to Paso Robles up the coast and you'd, you know, all of a sudden like another old car that looked like yours would be like driving by you. Right. And there was like a comrade camaraderie that I hadn't had, like where, you know, we'd see people broken down and you'd stop and you'd Pull help them. And, help and, and, you know, like, Hey, we can fix this on the side of the road. Let's get up, you know, but, you know, um, so that there was a, uh, like, that was the place where everything kind of came together each year. Um, but you know, it developed all these pockets of that. And then, you know, like the, the people that ran the shows, you know, they didn't really like, the, you know, it started totally changing the whole vibe of the show. Um, you know, but by then a lot of people did like it, but you know, like, like some of the shifters guys or whatever, you know, they'd pull on, everybody would be uncorked, which 
nobody did that back then. You know, all the right. so all these super loud cars would come in, and they, you know, they didn't necessarily come in like at the crack of dawn to get the good parking spot. They came in at ten or eleven and just pulled in in front of all the other cars. You know, it's like it was just. You know, rebellious and, they, and uh, like, yeah, yeah we're they, here. We don't we don't play by your rules. And we're, <laughs> we're just... yeah, and they, they started having like, you know, like rockabilly shows at the car show that were like at the Moose Lodge or whatever that was like separate from the totally. So we were doing our whole other thing at night where the regular show was going on down the street. Right. You know? But but um, you know, and then I think. The first time the word the rat rod was used was in a the English magazine custom car a guy wrote, but um, Anthony who uh, that was in the shifters he died um, a few years ago but he kind of like blurted out that name because it was like there's a thing in motorcycle uh, bike culture like uh, like uh, it was called a rat bike yeah. you know at a show it was like the the most like dirtiest like whatever like ridden motorcycle you know. So he just like he compared it to that, and then that journalist wrote that, and then a little while after that, um, Gray Baskerville did an article in Hot Rod Magazine about us, and I had him like I'm looking at my couch, and he was sitting right there, and I I talked to him for like two hours, and I'm like, you know, don't call it, don't, don't call, call it a rat, rat rod, rod. you know, and then the, when the article came out in Hot Rod Magazine, that's what he called it, you know, but it's kind of like when Hot Rod, the term Hot Rod came out people didn't want to be called hot rodgers because right. that was like a derogatory, derogatory term. But, but anyway, you know, like the hot rods that were traditional hot rods that we were doing, like kind of evolved into like a, like a Frankenstein thing that looks like a, like all the stuff that we collected and the furniture and the culture. It's like now it's all in a, a thing that now like people are for, I don't know how many years now they're building like uh you know, like um, diesel hot rod things with smokestacks yeah. and, you know, those guys and are it, here. It's like to, here it's totally base. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It's like it just embarrasses me, you know. Like, Give me that damn shirt. Do, I'm ripping you know, the sleeves yeah. off it now. Yeah, but but yeah, you know, a, like you know, I was at the first Viva Las Vegas, and we went there. That was like mainly like a music thing, you know. Absolutely, and the car friend, show was like pitifully small. Yeah, my friend Alex, who in the shifters, he like organized the car show, and he, he like begged us, like, "Will you guys drive out to Las Vegas? It'd be really cool." Like, you know. And, there was like 30 cars, you know, like you knew everybody that was yeah. there, you know? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun time. You know, it was, it was, it was really cool. I mean, I still, I'm friends with all those people still, you know, we so might, you, I mean, my club, I mean, we still see each other all the time, but you know, there's people that are in San Diego that, that we, I don't see them at the show every time anymore, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it was like, it was, uh, it was pretty cool to be a part of that, you know, like, like, see that happen and not really even like trying to do something, but it kind of like it spawned into something that we never even imagined would even happen, you know? No. And it, so, and, and I think it, I think it just comes out of like, it, it's, it's typically a generational thing, you know? Yeah. And, and it starts with, and as much as we're talking about hot rods, it all starts with the same theory of what we're doing with Volkswagens. You know, we start, we don't have money, we get resourceful, we do some things and people look back from now, 30 years from now, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, those guys that used to build their own Volkswagens and do that stuff, it's kind of a, what you're doing now is just honoring the heritage of the same thing that we did in the 80s. You know what I mean? Building yeah. building cars, getting resourceful, going to your buddies, and you're just knocking out Leafs and, like, you know, 
today some people say that's unsafe <laughs> but i mean it's yeah. like it's the way we did it and if you're talking like you're going to build a traditional a traditional 80s uh, cow looker, it may have a selected drop front end if you had money, or it could just have leaves knocked out. But you know, yeah. it's it's part of that whole culture, and it's interesting how music also kind of helps influence some of that culture. You know what I mean? Like some of the band, like the band we talked about, Super Suckers. They're more of a gritty yeah. kind of rock and roll band, but don't really fit the. They're not. It's interesting because like those guys in the Rev and people like that will play it. They it was Super Suckers in the Rev playing at the Hootenanny when I went. I think it was Fourth yeah. of July weekend. I think it was. I mean, it was yeah. it was a long time ago that I went. Yeah, I was I was there. I was at that show. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. and like, but but that, that was the thing is like that like the young guy back then that had like a street rod, he was not into that music at all. Like the Super Suckers, he would be like, you know, Get these guys like, off the stage. He. he he was still into like whatever the mainstream rock was. And, you know, it wasn't it like, wasn't anything necessarily but uh, there's a against, count, but, against us, but yeah, yeah. But, but there's a counterculture of that music that, that appeals to the people that are kind of living that lifestyle and there's music that goes along with it and it starts to create. And it's typically a generational thing is what is, is what we see as we look at it. Cause it's all guys of a certain age group and there's and the interesting aspect is in Southern California there is a real blend of like some of the you know some of like the hot rod culture like the I remember the Hootenanny being like a little bit of there was like some early road relic type original style hot rods and then there were like like my thing you know that Buick Riviera that I have I'll see them fit like mine's pro touring style but I see them where they've got true spoke wires on them yeah. Or they're just like Supremes and laid out. And so there's, yeah. that's, I think that's why I like the Riv because with a set of wheels, I can change the whole style of the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I actually, I always wanted one of those. I came so close to buying one, but I never have had one. Well, but it's funny. Cool cars. Like you yeah. talk, you talk about your story, how you were influenced by your uncle when he showed you a picture in a magazine. Me coming across a Buick Riviera is I used to do car stereo installations. And I remember going through an episode, an issue of car, car stereo review. And it had Jimmy Vaughn's lime green Riviera in it, and it was just oh yeah, that thing's lime killer. green, yeah. slightly chopped '63 Riv, and it had tuck and roll white interior. And uh, I saw it, and I was like, "Oh man, what kind of car is that?" I'm like, "That is so, like, that's my car. If something happens to my Volkswagen, like, that's my car." And so, two, three years later, I'm, I'm I blow up my bug motor, and like, I'm done. I'm done with Volkswagens. They've sucked every penny out of my pocket. I'm getting a V8. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get a. I'm going to get this Riv. So I bought my Riv in '96. I'm driving through this neighborhood. I see a Riviera in some guy's driveway. I paid more money than I ever paid for a car for before, and I paid 1,200 bucks for that Riv. And yeah, which was a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an original Vegas car. Uh, matter of fact, once I bought it and I took it to the upholstery shop, the guy who owns the upholstery shop, his brother-in-law owned the car, and it's super crazy how it all went about because. It was just one of those old neighborhoods in the center of town where it's like, I'm buying that car, don't know what it is, and I'm just getting it because it's super cool. And the same thing Jimmy Vaughn had, but you know, mine's a '65, his was an early '63, '64 with the with, with the headlights and the grill. Mine has the clamshell yeah. headlights, but you know, we get that we get that inspiration where you see something and it sears this picture in your mind, and you're chasing that. Like I'm gonna get that some way somehow. That's that's what I'm looking for. And and when we see that, we see a car. 
And part of that car equates into a lifestyle. Like we like, if you've got that car, man, like, I mean, that's what I've always kind of thought is that when you become a car guy, at some point in your life, you were sitting there and you saw this super cool car go by and you thought that dude must be living the life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like part of the pursuit is you got to get that car to get on that journey, you know, because the car is just such an extension. It's a rolling extension of who we are, you know? Yeah. It's it's funny too, because I, I, I've said this often, like, you know, like once when I started driving my car, you know, dressing like 50 style to a degree, not over the top, but, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't like, I, I didn't want to be living in another time, which some people did kind of, but mm-hmm. I just like the fact that when I got in my car and I looked out, like it felt like I was in, you know, 1955, like, but when I get out or whatever, I'm still like here in the, you know, the my current time and you like get, it's like a time machine yeah i mean it's, you're you're fortunate enough to live in southern california so you can yeah. savor the the uh antiquated functionality of an early car year round here yeah. in vegas it's a little hot sometimes to hop in your volkswagen just cruise it around where you're just like, oh, like yeah, you've got to sure, be yeah. committed to the cause you know what i mean like look i don't care yeah. the shirt's getting ruined today because i'm gonna sweat i'm gonna sweat my lights out by the time i get to that meet but I, I totally understand what you're saying because you get in that simple car and there's your only things that are that are your technologies is a speedometer to gas gauge and you're just like simple, it's basic, it's raw, and it's it's the essence of like being part of that vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like having it be part of the extension of of who you envision yourself to be. So right. so yeah. now the car gets so the car eventually gets parked. You parked the car. I'm, I'm interested. So the car meant so much to you, your your bug, that you just never decided to sell it. You just thought like that. That's the last thing I will sell because I've got so much heart and soul into that thing. Like that's just yeah. my thing. And you and you just kind of put it away, thinking, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm doing my I, I'm doing my uh, my choppers thing. Like I'm I'm involved in that. I'm really involved in that culture and that scene. I love it. This is part of my past and something I don't want to get rid of. Maybe one day, P.S., my kid might have it. Or, you know, we have these yeah. thoughts. I think we put things on the shelf. Now, now yeah, I mean, go ahead. Luckily, luckily, I was um, I was able to store it at my mom's for a, a while, you know, and because my parents had just, you know, they didn't have both. Uh, the, they were into the car, too, because they were kind of vested in it, I guess, sure. as well. Um, so it was at my mom's. And then when, when I moved to Burbank from Culver city. Then, you know, I finally had a garage. So then, you know, then I had that car and my 32 in the garage. And then, um, uh, when we built my, I don't know if you know, my bad news car, the yellow T that we built on, um, that show rides. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had that car, I had that body since I was five years old. Really? So I had been, I'd been collecting parts for that for a long time. And then just through whatever, you know, it, it turned up that we were able to get this episode on that show and like that was the only car that we had like enough parts and everything to build like so my club we all built that thing in like uh i guess it was like two months or whatever but but you know it's funny because everybody on that you know people think oh you guys got your car built for free because it was on the tv and right, like no i had all the parts well yeah but i mean they you know in the end the 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 producer they they totally listened to what we wanted to do and they were really cool and it was a good experience but um you know, basically, they paid for my seats to get upholstered at the end, just that, like, the producer wanted to do that. But, you know, two of the guys took off work for, like, the whole time. They're in the movie business, so they could do that. But, yeah. you know, but 
but that was, but we didn't want to fail. We wanted to make sure the car was done. Sure. You know, um, and drivable by the end of, they originally said three months, but then they said two months. So that was like a real, I mean, nowadays the car shows, it's like ridiculous how all the timelines and everything, but, but we really did have that, you know? And, and, um, but anyway, so then at that point when that car came back, I'm like, that thing's got to go in the garage. And my neighbor, when we moved into this neighborhood that I live in, most of the people were the original owners. So he had an empty garage and he's like, Hey, you want to put your car over here in the garage? You know? So like for a few years, it was across the street. And I mean, I only looked at it maybe like twice a year or something, a couple of years, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't, it's was just like, and my kids were little. So it was like, there just wasn't time to go over there. And cause for most of the time before I tried to keep it like running, you know, like our, you know, started up and, you know, and then, then, um, you know, my, my kids were little and I think when they were like, probably like, you know, five to 10 years old, you know, they, they'd never, that one time my daughter went, we went around the block in it mm-hmm. and my son wouldn't go, which it cracks me up now, but he wouldn't go in it cause he didn't have seatbelts. You know, he's like, that's not safe. And he's like <laughs> little teeny guy, you know, but, but, um, uh, anyway, you know, I drove it and then I'm like, okay, cool. I always meant to get it running, mm-hmm. but then, you know, everything else took precedence and oh, you know, I have a six, I have a 60 Ford Starliner too. And so, you know, I have four cars basically that they used to all be running. And then once you start letting one go, like it just kind of like was a, oh, a, yeah. uh, downward spiral. Oh and, uh, yeah. I'm you know? too familiar with so that. So then, so then I'm like, it, I guess it was like three, four years ago. I'm like, I'm going to get the bug running, you know, like, it, like, um, and plus, you know, my kids have never even driven in it, you know, and they're like in high school or whatever, you know, like, this is ridiculous. So I started working on it. And, um, then I started thinking, I mean, I started seeing things like that were fine, but I'm like, I'm going to redo all the brakes. You know, I'm going to put new brake lines in it. I'm going to put new shoes. I'm going to, you know, then underneath there's things that they weren't like necessarily really bad, but I'm like, wow. And I, why did I leave that like that? You know, like, why is that wire yeah, running that Cause way? you're 18 so, and you didn't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it didn't matter. I just wanted to drive it. You know, right. my son was like 15 and he was like, I thought he was going to want like a newer kind of car to fix up, right. but you know, and I always dreamed of like, you know, building a hot rod with them or, or with the kids, either one of them or some kind of old car. But then, you know, then, then there's also like, you know, the time factor of how long it takes and everything. And, you know, like, you know, especially nowadays too, you just want to be able to like drive your car. You know, you don't, you don't want to be building something from ground up for three years. Like they did back yeah, in the old days, you know? Well, you know, you know and, and today so, I don't know if our kids have the, patience to be committed to the long-term goal yeah. like that just that they're just it's it's a different world for them than it was for us you know yeah which i which i totally i do you know i get you know but and then so anyways and my son was saying like all of a sudden he came home one day and it's like come on to build an old truck you know and i'm like wow that's that's cool man let's start looking for one and then that lasted for maybe a month or two months three months and then all of a sudden he was like I want to, I want to get an early Mustang. That's what I really want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, I never, you know, I've, I've been around those. My, my dad's best friend, uh, it had a Mustang restoration place, like the biggest place around here. And mm-hmm. so, but, but I never really cared for Mustangs just because you couldn't really customize them or people made them into muscle cars, but right. it was just different, you know, but so then, I, but, but I'm like, okay, cool. You know, let's, let's do that. And then, so I started looking for a car or together we started looking for one and we found a 
65 Mustang that was like pre-needled survivor kind of looking car and got that. But the point that I was getting at was that I stopped working on the bug kind of because we started working on that thing. You know, yeah, because so you're wanting to support him, him getting hyped up and what you're, what you're yeah. doing. Like, you're like, I'm backing you a hundred percent. Yeah. So then, you know, my, my stepdad and my dad and him, like, we started working on that. And, uh, so my, the, the attention was like, oh, my stepdad's going to work on that with him when I'm not working on it. And I'm going to continue on getting the bug running. Because, yeah. So, so that, so that put the bug so, on hold for a little bit. I was working on it, but it was a very slow process, you know, like one thing that really um, started getting the bug going quicker was like, I got contacted by this guy on Instagram Mm -hmm. um, and he's like, do you know who built my car? You know, my bug. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, well, where did you buy that? You know, because he was on the East Coast. Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't look like a car that was because he said it had the paint on it from like the time period of my car, you know, and he tracked you and, down off of Instagram. Like he, he saw yeah, somehow. You. He, I think he saw a picture of my car or something. Cause I started posting pictures of the bug and he's like, you know, my car is green, but it has like a scallops kind of like that. And, um, he's like, Oh, it came out of Canoga park. And I'm like, Oh, well my, my friend Scott, I don't, I said, I vaguely remember that car, but mm-hmm. my friend Scott had to have worked on that car because there's nobody back then did anything like that. Sure. Know? So then I said, yeah, you should call him. And, um, so then he talked to Scott and, got, you know, so then, you know, he started asking me all these questions and I was sending him photos and I said, he contacted me at one point and said, Hey, I'm, there's this show called Prado, uh, Prado. I'd never even heard of it. You know, I, I don't know, you know, yeah. and you're, I guess you're a Burbank like chopper's year. You go to, you go yeah. to Bob's big boys and Paso Robles. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just weird. Cause I was thinking like, originally when I started thinking about getting a running, I'm like, man, that'd be cool to go to, uh, like whatever the show is like VW classic or I didn't even know what was or whatever. Yeah. 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 So then he said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing. I'm thinking about trying to get my sponsorship, uh, like get my car trailered out there, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You want to bring your car from the East coast to this bug show, you know, but, um, cause even like, I wouldn't even bring my car probably across the country, my hot rod. (laughs) I've never done that, you know, but I'm like, all right, well, so he said like, if I do this, if I, if I get the the people that organize the show, if I get them on board to like, let me do this, would you bring your car to it? You know? And, um, I said, yeah, you know, I, I, it's, it's already, I've already been in the process of trying to get on the road, but I guess that'll be the goal to, to right. get it Give going. Some motivation. Know? Yeah. So then like, you know, a couple of weeks later he said, well, you know, I need to know for sure. Cause this, I, I got this thing locked in. So then I said, all right, you know, let's do it. And then it turned out like, and then he's like, well, you know, Hoppy W's is interested in shooting the cars together and everything. And I'm like, wow, that would be like something else. You know, that that's, you know, yeah. like who would have thought to be in the, the same magazine with the same car, you know? Yeah. 30 years or later, 30 years later. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was actually, it was cool. And, um, also because, um, like I was a part of it, but he drove, like, you know, it was his thing. Like he, he's put a lot of time and passion in getting the thing done and doing the graphics and the everything. And I'm like, you're really going to get other cars? Like, you know, find them. And he's like, yeah, I'm finding people are coming out of the woodwork. And, you know, the, and as you saw, there was a good group of cars, yeah, you know, like, huge. you know, that, that showed up and, uh, you know, I got the car done and he, he came out like a few days before and we did the Hoppy W shoot. I, I arranged for it to be at this um, museum called Valley Relics. Cause I kind of, I know I have a relationship sort of with the guy I know him and mm-hmm. um, he was cool and let us shoot there. 
And, um, but before that, you know, there was one thing that on my car, like I, I hadn't fixed during the earthquake, my stuff had fallen off the refrigerator and dented the hood, you know? And I'm like, I always, if, if, if this magazine thing wouldn't come up or the show, I was just going to leave it in primer. Cause I just figured it was like, kind of like the car's history. Right. And then, and then there was a guy that I'd been working with that was a painter at my work. And he was like, yeah, I'll fix it. You know? And he was really good at detail stuff like that. But then, and the he's like, I don't, I, I don't want to do it because I think like, I won't be able to do it perfect. And, but I, I was telling him like, you know, if you get it like 80% or something, I'm good. I'm okay with, I'm okay with it because I don't want to repaint the whole, all the scalps. I only want to do like a little area. And I know that's not the way that to, to fix it like mm-hmm. properly, you know? So then that fell through. And then I'm like, you know, I never had a falling out with Scott Gildner, but we just hadn't talked in a really long time. And just, you know, because he ended up building a lot of the choppers cars, like right. the early customs. And, um, but just in the last like 10 years or something, I just hadn't really talked to him as much. And I, I knew he was still working on stuff, but he was kind of like under the radar. Mm-hmm. He was doing Porsches mainly. So then like after like everything, I, the main reason I, I, I called him cause I said, Hey man, I, I, you know, I texted him, I think, but you know, we didn't even, I didn't even know him. I hadn't talked to him since like texting was a thing, you know? Right. So I, I, I called him and left a message and then he, I think he texted me back and he's like, I said, the main reason was, I was like, you know, I, you should be a part of this because my car is going to be at the show. And, but more importantly, it's going to be in the magazine, you know, and, and most likely this is happening. So he's like, well, I'll, I'll fix the paint. I'm like, well, that, you know, that, that's what I really would have always have wanted and dreamed of is to have you fix the paint. Right. But I just, just hadn't come up or like I said, I, I just kind of didn't want to. I just wanted to leave it as it was, you know? Yeah. So he's all, he's all, you know, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I can get perfect. I'm like, I, I don't, I, I'm not looking for yes, perfection. It would be pretty, I mean, I want it to be perfect, but I, I, you know, and it is a little different. It's not, it's like 95%, but it's more act, important, you know, that Scott. Did. Yeah. 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 And he said, well, you know, he said the first thing is like, you know, the, the way we would, the only way to do it is to repaint it all. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I know that that would be the, you know anyway he did it like it got done like because i had waited too long so it was like only three weeks before the show or whatever you know mm-hmm. like so he, he knocked it out and i got it back and he buffed out the whole car and um you know it was really cool like reconnecting with him and like you know remembering a bunch of stuff and like we were trying to figure out about bob's car like you know and he we finally narrowed it down because I, I got out my pictures and tried to go through all my photos because i have so many photos from all the years and I found pictures of, like before I even knew Scott, like he had this blue bug or before I was good friends with him. And, uh, he had, a, a it was super nice, like pan off, you know, built car. And, uh, he had built a car for his, his girlfriend or what turned into his ex-wife or his wife and the next wife. <laughs> right. His but, um, ex-wife. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but we figured out that that was like Bob's car was that, that car. Cause he had sold, they had sold it. And then um, who, the pr- people that had bought it had brought it to Scott and got it scalloped. And, uh, and then it was really weird because it turned out that the, the guy that Bob bought it from, the family, was when I was at Prado, uh, two guys walked up to me and I'm like, they totally knew who I was. They knew the car and they're like, you know, we used to be friends. I'm like thinking like they look vaguely familiar, but, you know, it's yeah. been 30 years, I guess, you know, sure. gray haired a little bit and, you know. And then the more they talked, the more I realized like, oh, I, I know who you are, you know, but it took like a few minutes before I could really 
say, you know, who it was. But it turned out this one guy, Sean, his dad had had, had that car. That's who Bob bought the car from. Yeah. And uh, so it was like all of a sudden, like all this stuff became like, um, like it all just came together full circle. Yeah. 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 That's and, awesome. Uh, and then, you know, I've talked to them, those guys since, and you know, they were like, you know, um, I found pictures. I'm like, Oh man, there's, there's your car like next to mine. You know, like yeah. I, I, I remembered the car, but I couldn't remember exactly what it looked like. But then, you know, like, you know, so they, they, and then it was funny cause they had kind of followed what I had done. Like we had lost contact, but they knew I was in the choppers and whatnot. And, and, um, and the one guy, Sean, he had, he has a bug that he got recently because, you know, he's like, everybody always comes up to me now. I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's so good that you kept your car because I, I sold mine and I, everybody you know, regrets for, it. Lo- looking back how much I got, it wasn't really worth it. You know, like there was, there was like a, a couple times where I seriously thought about selling my car. And also the one time when, when the Japanese guys were going around big time, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 I had the guys, you know, they offered me, I don't remember what it was, but it it was a lot of money at the time, but was I like guess it wasn't grand. enough. Like, okay, yeah, 10 grand. My brother, my brother yeah. regrets selling his square back to the Japanese. We were at Pomona and he sold his square back and he thought he cut a fat hog when he sold it for yeah. $6,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was saying that, that, that black convertible, um, the guy's name's Robert. Like I got like his spare tire, his spare MP and some other stuff. Cause they, they literally took it from the show. Like, you know, he, yeah. he had to get a ride home. But that that day, I think I got you know they were carrying around like a briefcase. It was, it was like a duffel bag or of cash. some kind of bag of money of cash, you know. So, so you know he wasn't as attached to his car because he had just built it and he had other ones before. And but he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take whatever it was, twelve or fourteen thousand dollars, you know, for this convertible, you know, and this car, you know. And then um, a few years ago, he he uh, through another friend, he found me and was like, you know, do you still have your car? And you know, I said, yeah. He's like. You know, I said, oh, I still have some of the parts off your car, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm so bummed that I, I sold, sold that it. car, you know. Yeah. But, you know, luckily I had a place. If I didn't have my parents' garage and all that stuff, I, I don't think I would have it, you know, but or a family that cared about cars. You know? so, so how did you yeah. feel when you pulled up to Prado and like you just saw what was going on over there and you saw how people reacted well, with the cars? Yeah, it was it was weird because I it was probably the biggest VW show I'd ever been to. And I, I really liked how everything was kind of like a lot of it was organized. Like, like I've never seen so many type threes together or so many, like I'm not a big, um, uh, thing fan, but there was like, it looked cool. Like having all of them together, you know? Right. And, um, but you know, when I pulled in too, it was kind of weird cause it was such a big show. I'm like, Hey, where's this? I'm supposed yeah, to be here for you this. Almost eight. ran over the let's talk dubs booth, bro. I'm there. Yeah, and I'm I like, know. who's this yeah. guy coming in all renegade? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm trying to like on the road in. I'm like, I'm like trying to find the, th- that was like the farthest of the car. I drove it from home. I didn't trailer, you know, I drove it. Yeah. And that was the furthest the car had been, you know, in 30 in years, 30. But yeah, for sure. You know, like, and I, I pulled in and I'm like asking all the, everybody was nice. The people that were directing and stuff, but they're like, I don't know. We keep getting asked about this eighties area, 80s but thing. we don't What's know anything about thing? it. You know? Yeah. Well, listen, and, um, the the eighties day the the eighties event there was like having an eighties event in the middle of Woodstock because it's a real it's a real big like camping thing. And so the show yeah. part is like just the last day only. So um, Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I wasn't upset, but then no, I think you yeah. were the one that led me in, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. So so I was like, um, like where is this? You know, like in you know, they said, Oh, by the Hobby W's tent. So then I'm going towards there and you know, I and it ended up um 
the guy Darren, who's in my club, that mm-hmm. had you know that was helped me build that car. He was going to go with me, but he works in the movie business and he couldn't go. And then um, he missed my out. son. Yeah, and my son and my family were supposed to go, but my daughter ended up being in Catalina. And then my uh, my son and my wife came later. So I was just by myself. You're there by yourself. I didn't like, drive out there in another car. You I'm guys like, should have seen it. You should have seen yeah. it. Like it was like people were talking to me all day, man. It was like the coolest thing ever, you know? Yeah. But but I drove in and I'm like, it was just kind of weird being in a, it was like being back in a scene that you're not, um, not, not that I was, I didn't feel I'm not a part of it, but I just, it was like going into like a foreign, oh, well, it's a foreign car, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. going no, into like a, it's like a, completely different but the same thing thing you know like well it's like you know, here, here comes the here comes the guy that from from back in the day and you're thinking you're, you're thinking to yourself like does everybody even care that i'm bringing this car are they going to see it as like a because you know you you had the advantage or disadvantage of being parked right next to all the dbk cars right so yeah the dbk cars are like next level detail uh, over the top hundred thousand dollar volkswagen builds but the amount of traffic and people that were in the eighties section was just like, and everybody appreciated it because it's all paying homage to the, to the beginnings of the hobby for our generation, the guys that are our age that got into it in the eighties and, uh, and we're really loving it. That's why I like, I was floored, man. I said, are you the original owner for this car? I'm like, man, yeah, I got to get you on the podcast, man. We got to talk and I got to get this, you know, matter of fact, I got an, I got an email last week from a guy and he said, man, I'm enjoying the podcast. It's really awesome. He said, I was talking to Aaron when you came up and introduced yourself to Aaron and said, hey, man, I want to get you on the podcast. He's like, I really hope you get him on the podcast because I want to hear the story about the car, how the guy keeps the car for all these years, and then you know the whole process of it coming back. So yeah. s- since you've been at that show and you got to experience it, have you been to any other um, any other VW events? No. I've, the, we've, I've taken it like to uh... – like the local cruise night here. And what's funny is that like, you know, I've lived in Burbank for 20 something, 26 years or 27 years. And that car had never been to Bob's big boy. Really? So like I took it there and I was like, it's just weird. Like how could that not, it's only like 15 minute drive. I've never been there, you know? So that, that was cool. And like, you know, people are coming up like curious about it and stuff. Like there was other VWs there, but mainly like, I think one guy actually remembered the car, but they, um, they were like, uh, you know, is that an old car? Is that built to look like an old car? Or, you know, it's funny, you know. And then, uh, But it was funny going back to the Prado thing. Like when I went there, like it was kind of cool because I didn't really have any. I, I, I like VW still and I like the scene mm-hmm. and stuff, but I could I don't I could care less if anybody liked my car or not. Like I was just going to it, you know, yeah. like or I, I have no uh, and I totally respect all the those other clubs. And I've, I mean, I've followed them since like back when I was into it, you know, that's some of them, but I, I didn't really care if they liked my car or it, it was sure. It's kind of different than when you're a kid going to it, you're kind of nervous. And, like I hope everybody you know, I was, likes I, me. Whatever. Yeah. It was just whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, you're coming out to like, oh, man, I obligated myself to this thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, like, like if Bob didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have driven the car out there. I'm glad I did. And I, I, but I mean, I, that was like the extra push to make me do that, you know? So since, since having it, the car out there, has it, has it, in like has it opened up a, a a newfound like desire to enjoy that car more and be like man i've really underappreciated this car for what it is well, and, that, you that, know. that's the main that, that's the main thing is that um that once i got running again i respect it and i'm nervous about it to a degree but 
I'm wrenching on it. I don't really care if I if it gets chipped or whatever. I'm trying not to, but there's a whole different thing of like now it's like I don't I'm not, I'm not nervous about it and I'm driving it and um I forgot how much fun it was and the, the reason I haven't I, I had to fix there was some other stuff that wasn't done when I took it to Prado like it wasn't shifting right and um there's a, a problem where it wasn't starting all the time. So mm-hmm. I've been working on that, you know, getting the, I'm trying to get the rest of the bugs worked out of it. Well, if, it, on if it's the, st- but, if but, it's the stock starter wiring in there, they have a starter bypass relay that you put in there because they, on the early sixties bugs, they would have these hot start issues where they wouldn't, they wouldn't start. So you wire relay into the starter and it fixes the problem. So, yeah, I got it. It was funny. Cause when I drove home from Prado, I, I went to get gas and that was funny. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to be on empty, you know, cause I'm used to my hot rods or whatever. And, I pulled off and I'm like, it only took like five dollars. Like I, I, I barely use any gas going from Burbank to right um, out there, and and uh, but the car wouldn't start. You know, so I'm at the gas station. It started perfect when I had it sat at the show, and then I'm you know I'm at the gas station and then I'm like, what am I? You know, I know it's going to start eventually, but I ended up push starting it myself. You know, yeah. and jump <laughs> and you you're know, like, jump this is why I gear. stopped driving these stupid things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and then so the, the other thing that was cool is that like. I don't know if you've seen the, the video that my son did. Oh, I saw um, it. It's a great the, video, and yeah. I'll link it to the podcast. It's a really, yeah, really so, great video. So, so you know, he never really liked the car or got it. Why? You, but once he drove it, he, he realized that he got it's it. a fun car to drive. He got it, and that was that was like the killerest thing was that like, you know, I don't care if he he doesn't have to like bugs or right. you know whatever. But but when he drove it, he's like, oh man, this is a cool car. It's a fun car to drive, which is probably what we all. Like yeah. when we first got him, people, you know? and it's a, it's a, it's a different thing. Cause I, I told him he hasn't been in one yet, but like, I think the fastest car or scariest car I've ever been in when, when I was building my car, Scott had a car that he was working on that had a giant engine in it. And it was like the, the, the off the line power of that thing scared the hell out of me. Like I, I couldn't believe like, cause it was so lightweight and stuff. Yeah. I was just like, so I was telling him like, like he recently was at the drag races and filmed some bugs or, you know, drag cars dragging and he's like, yeah, they're fast. You know, it's a whole different thing of fast, you know, it's just, you know, but, but, um, but yeah, that's been the the coolest thing. And like, just like that, that being able to, um, you know, he started doing this four speed films thing and, um, like being able to get the car running and have it like kind of documented and stuff. And, you know, that was all, that was all real. You know, we, it was like, as it went and, you know, like having him, if you watch it, you know, like, him and his girlfriend and my daughter, and they all like, they parked the car and, you know, I let them be like, Hey, go drive it. You know, like, which I would have never let anybody else drive it back when I built it, you know, cause right. I was nervous about it. Yeah. But I'm like, well, whatever, you know, if they, the only thing that I have pending is this Prado thing, but if, oh, well, if it crashes, you know, before that, then, but I know, think, but, I, but yeah, I, I think but, uh, oh, through the changes of everything, you can take something that used to be like, used to be a nervous wreck to drive it. And now it's like, when you come to that understanding of like, man, I've underappreciated this car for all these years and it's a waste for it to sit there. And if it gets a scratch, so what? Yeah. I yeah, want my exactly, kids to yeah. drive. I want my, I want my kids to drive it. And then that's, yeah. that's the thing. They get behind the wheel. They take it down the block and it's like, Oh, this thing's fun. I like it. Yeah. This thing's cool. And then you're, you're like, all right, as long as it just starts on you every time, you'll love it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, in that video, you'll see, I mean, you see like the, you know, the car, they run out of gas because we didn't really plan on taking that. We were just going to go around the block and then we right. started driving it. And then, you know, they did the right thing when it broke down. They're like, we should lock it. You know, and they, they locked it, which is the first time the windows had ever been locked up in 
since I painted it, you know, and I'd be, then I had to break into it to get into yeah. it, you know, That's and um, but it, that was all like fun. And, and, uh, and then, you know, my daughter was, hasn't really driven that much. And, you know, I, she, I took her I've, on my Instagram, I did a little video, but she hasn't driven it since, but you know, she had never driven a stick shift and that's the car I learned in to drive a stick. And so she was able to, you know, we took her around the parking lot and, and stuff. And that's super cool. So it's, it's kind of cool to, uh, you know, like I, I still, I would like to build another Volkswagen, but I don't know if I ever will, but I, you know, I've always thought about different things that I've always wanted to notch back or, mm-hmm. um, or it, this, this is something that kicks me like, because like, um, they're up this, like five houses down from me, there was a, seafoam green like 64 bug that was for sale that the people were original owners of yeah and this was like 10 years ago probably and it was cheap you know it was like three thousand dollars or something and i the thing was like totally patinaed perfect and i i but i'm like what what do i want that for back then you know but right, I, right. I always think about that it had it had from it had the dealership plates from burbank volkswagen or whatever or you know i was like how could i have not gotten that car but you know i already have too much stuff to work on but, yeah that, and that's, you, know, the, you know that's the problem yeah. you enjoy so much of the hobby it's like i think i've i think i'm up to nine cars right now yeah and and it's like when they're all running things are great when they're not running and you start working on one and you blow one car apart it, it turns into this whole thing like crap i got to get this thing back together otherwise this blocks everything and now i've got a whole situation so after a while it starts getting to the point where you don't even feel like working on one because once you pull it apart, it's like you got your commitment has got to be to finish. And then when you have kids that have places to be and things to do, you can't be the dad where you're just like, like it was funny because I think in our generation, when our dads were doing stuff, it was like, go away, kid. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and yeah. now as parents, we're like, we want to support our kids and whatever, whatever they're doing and be where they're at. And so we kind of try to divide our time between our personal hobbies and supporting our kids and the things that they are. And so it, sometimes that prevents us because I've got, I've got one, two, three, four, five project car, six project cars here on my property. And then I've got one, two, three, four finished cars and, um, the finished cars. I'm st- it's like you, you start working on one and, and you start doing like, Oh, I'll just get that painted real quick. And you still think in your head, like you're a single guy, <laughs> a single yeah. guy. We're like, all right, I'm a thrash this thing for a week and it'll be done. And you're like, you're just trying to piece together one week of time to get the project where it needs to be, you know? And it's like one stone yeah. block just sets, sets you reeling, you know? So it's tough. Yeah, I man. think when, when you're younger too, I mean, I remember like, before a show, like working super late, you know, getting up early, like, but for days, you know, doing that. But now I'm like, it's not worth it. It's yeah. It's like hard to get out there and like, you know, come home after work and work till like 11, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So, so sometimes I think we, you know, and that's the thing that we, I think we, we battle as guys that started as resourceful guys. The smart money for me would be sell all my project cars buy something that I can enjoy. Like I can turn the key in, enjoy it. I buy it for 70 cents on the dollar that somebody else did, but I've got a deal. I've got to swallow my pride because I didn't build it. And I've, you know, because we have that we, and I don't know where it comes from. It just comes from like, you know, you and your buddies and like, Oh yeah, well I built my motor. Well, I lowered my car. Well I did, you know, and, and we, we had these, uh, these approvals that we gave one another for doing things, but, smart money time money equation it makes the most sense to buy something that's 80 percent to the way you want it maybe change the wheels on it do a different 
do some different upholstery on it, but the major stuff, make sure that stuff's done and then you can enjoy the car because every car that I have that I've bought from the ground up has been a multi-year process to get done. And some of them, as long as I don't look at the money that I put in them, I'm loving them. I love them. When I look at the money, I yeah. go, man, I could have bought something nicer than this and enjoyed it. But I don't know, maybe, maybe the solution is, you know, we have to get over that kind of stuff and, and look at our time and, and we get to a point in our life where we want to, we want to, we want to have our cake and eat it too, because when we go spend six hours a day after work in the garage for three days in a week, yeah, you're kind of paying for that with the wife for the next month and a half. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it's, like, it's, it's funny because my, my Starliner is like, I used to drive that daily like many years ago and then it too kind of like, you know, it sat and that's a I got big that running too because yeah. And um, I always hated working on that thing because it's so big. And but anyway, we we got it running and we've been driving it like the last couple of years. Just but it's you know it's not it wasn't tuned up and it had a bunch of problems. And uh, you know my son finally convinced me to take it to a shop. You know which I I fought for a long time, which I, I knew I couldn't do all of it. But it just like you know it just I don't know it just, just doesn't but it's like doesn't you feel right. You know but, but then but then yeah. like yeah like like the weekend before last or last weekend I took out. I bugged twice during the day and I took out the Starliner and, I drove, and I'm like, man, this is the first time I've really had fun driving those things. And I, I remember like, man, this is really fun. Like, yeah. which is the whole point of it, you know? Yeah. If you got but, three, three errands to run, you just switch cars between errands and it's just like, yeah. you're, you're finally living that fantasy Hot Wheels box of cars life that you yeah. had when you were a kid. Yeah. But you know, it's like, it's, it's even having four cars trying to keep them going. Like if you, if you had, enough money to really like have someone service all of them that'd be i mean i at this point in my life i'd be into it you know because then i could just enjoy them and tinker on them but you know still like i have you know two cars apart right now and two of them are like but two of them are running better than they have in years you know so you know that that's uh and then you know the mustang project you know that continues it's apart right now but but that gets to get the kids together quicker you know because it's got a you know, because he's my son's, you know, he's doing the videos for his four speed film. So sure. we got to get that back together so it can be uh, put onto YouTube. <laughs> but, well, yeah. that, that's cool, man. And I, I, I definitely appreciate uh, everything that you've been through with that car. And I hope to see you, I hope to see you bring it out to a couple other events. Well, <laughs> it, it, so Aaron, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. It's, we, we've learned a lot about your bug, a lot about the history, what was behind it, which a lot of people are really interested in. Um, and we've had requests for, so, um, I know that, uh, you, now Burbank choppers is a, is a club that you started. Uh, well, just the group of my friends. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch so of you guys, there's like, there's like seven of us. Yeah. So you, just small. Yeah. You guys started that club a few years back. And so now you kind of been pursuing that for the past 20 years in the, in yeah. the, uh, traditional hot rod. Uh, deal yeah so yeah and early custom cars yeah no well man we yeah. appreciate it and and uh, uh hopefully we look forward to seeing you at a couple shows coming up and uh, yeah that'd be cool we'll, we'll see the bug back out here again um anything anybody who wants to get a hold of you how do they get a hold of you what's your, your uh, i guess instagram and facebook I, yeah instagram i don't have facebook really but <laughs> so, i have instagram so, it's just uh go ahead you're uh it's aaron underscore Cahan. okay cool well, yeah I can't thank you enough, man, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we may have some fo- we may have a follow up inter- interview with you down the road in a little bit, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at some of the future events coming up. 
All right, man. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye. Well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you guys liked it. Make sure you guys go to our Apple podcast page, rate and review us. Also, share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow the podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. And until next week, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house.